Okay, welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast where we reflect and dissect the movies of the past 10 years. I'm your host, Jack Draper. With me is my co-host, Clay Williams. Oh, oh, wait, just something's printing. Okay, wait, just g- give me one second. What is this? Okay. I, I can't show you this. I'm sorry. Oh. I can't. I... I I, I don't know. It, 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 I, I, I can't. I, I'm really sorry. Um, it's all right. Come on, just show us. Oh. I mean, it, it, honestly, it, it was. It's kind of anticlimactic. They just, te- you know, just said not to show it. And it's very broad. No, no, no one specific. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was. It was weird. They didn't even put like a period at the end. No, I know. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's unfortunate. I, I don't know. Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to go it, it, with the I see dead people a joke, but I thought that'd be a little weird on a 2010 a podcast. True. <laughs> true. We're still true. doing this? Yeah, interesting. I don't, yeah, I, I, the funny thing is, I don't even have a printer in this room. It just kind of showed up. Do you have a fax machine? So. No, mm-hmm. neither do. It's, it, it's odd. We'll never know. Yes. Okay. All right. Swing and a silly. miss. That was silly. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> Uh, and we're a silly podcast. We're t- two silly boys, and we have a silly guest. Okay. <laughs> Michael Snydell. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Y- you know. <laughs> I, I <Yeah>. am. <laughs> that is, that is the alive? ultimate. That is the question. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the year of our Lord 2020. Yeah. Yeah. You're not possessed. That's a good thing. No demonic presence. Um, we're not, like, buying Is that what we're calling you? COVID now? No, no, no. Well, I mean, like, sure. But, like, do you have a cabal, like, targeting you? Or you know, not at this moment. Okay, see? Um, I think that this is, these are good things. I'm waiting for when I say something bad about Zack Snyder. computers for more RAM, or? (laughs) No. Uh, No, no no hidden terabytes. No hidden terabytes. Has someone drilled a hole in your head? Not no. Have you I found the any last videos? Bay movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what Six Underground will do to you, you know. Oh boy, like just like drill in your brain. I haven't seen it, but that's what I assume <laughs> it to be. Just like an actual drill taken to someone's brain. What's the first Michael Bay we're gonna do? Oh my God, let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> I like Bay <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> I haven't seen enough of him. I just don't. I don't know if that discourse is needed. <laughs> Right, He's a his bad politics. Person. I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, gentlemen, we're here yes. to talk about two films. We see us as a podcast. We usually do one film, but we do two today. That is like the special the Don tea. Draper meme where he's like the easels behind him, and it's like two movies on exiting. There you go. Yeah. Whatever that meant. I don't watch Mad Men. Well, no, I mean, you haven't seen it? Like the, I, send, I, I don't know. You're, you're, you're you. speaking gibberish to me. I, 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 like, you're speaking another language. I don't understand what you're saying. I'm going to keep going. But Unfriended, the two Blumhouse movies picked by our special guest, Michael Seidel, movies that we were not expecting anyone to ever pick on this podcast. I honestly can say that with pretty much, pretty much certainty. Movies I have not seen, Jack has not seen. But Michael, why did you choose these two movies as your guest choice? 
Oh, why did I choose these two movies? So like uh, like a small, to take your word earlier, cabal of people on the internet. Uh, mm-hmm. I deeply love these films. Uh, I, I think they're two of the, maybe not the best, but the most interesting horror films of the 2010s. I think that they, in a way, ha- are like permanently frozen in time and also weirdly... Uh, ahead of their time like uh, you can see even now I, uh, I don't have what year this came out do you guys is, is it 20 well the first one came out in 2015 and the second one came out in 2018 the first okay. one was 2014 and it released in theaters 2015 came out in festivals 2014 festivals? yeah do okay. your fucking research jack <laughs> um yeah, so these are two films I really like. Found footage is something that I'm hot and cold on, but there's some that I really like. Uh, and I, I think what I'm especially interested in about this one is kind of the boogeyman that everyone, the boogeyman that everybody talks about with uh, found footage films, which is the idea of why the fuck are they filming this? <laughs> and I think this film goes over that problem in a, in a lot of interesting ways. And part of that is because it's in present tense. Uh, so there's a real urgency that's there, even when it's really fucking stupid. Like, mm. I'll, I'll be upfront. I know a lot of parts of this, both of these movies are um, hard to believe. Let's put it <laughs> that way in how much they require uh, you to suspend your belief, suspend your disbelief. But uh, I'm way more fascinated with the fact that how much this cares about, like the fact when you're texting someone and you start, or, or texting or messaging someone and you start typing words, and then you're like, wait, that's not what I want to say, and yes. you go back. And so, it's, so that is like, in essence, it's those type of things that really. Uh, make these movies really special to me Um, rather than their very alarmist and nihilist viewpoints. I I will say like, I am, I'm not against mean movies, but these are too, even by the standards of horror films. They're very scathing. The last decade. Yeah. They are, cruel to their characters whether they deserve it or not um and yeah i just i think that the way they inject this odd comedy the way that they're very aware of how obnoxious teens and 20 year olds are and the way again that they rely on a lot of like what seems like obvious but really smart formal things that uh don't really need to hold your hand and show you i think the mindset of someone who is semi-literate <laughs> computers mm-hmm. even if even if you know uh sometimes it doesn't totally make sense why they wouldn't know keyboard shortcuts or, or <laughs> things like that so yeah that's that's kind of the long and short of it is i really i really like these movies i i think they're a great kind of spiritual successor to things like a Blair Witch and uh, I thought about Blair Witch a lot during this. Yeah. I mean, like it's, 
it even more so than a lot of found footage films doesn't feel like it's going through a roller coaster like it's it's very much like you are going to experience this and, and you can't leave it and it, it's not like oh we're you know going up the ramp and here's the here's the moment where we get a breathing room or anything like that these these films just they pile up over yeah it really and over doesn't again. give you room to breathe yeah <laughs> no um, do you remember um, your first yeah. time seeing them or well, was I, I, it in I, a... I was going to stop because I'll be right there just so we can kind of establish some structure to the episode. Of course. We're going to ask you, well, I'm going to ask you, how did, how was the first time seeing the first one? And then we'll discuss sure. the, the experience of the second one later. I came to the first one, um, I think a year or two after it came out. So like uh, Bloomhouse in general, uh, who I imagine we're going to be talking about a little bit, a is lot. the, yeah, is the, you know, kind of phenomenon, uh, you know, a production company founded by Jason Bloom that, you know, it reminds me a lot of like uh, late 90s, early 2000s, like Dimension in terms of horror films. It reminds mm-hmm. me of Fearnet, like I just have a lot of nostalgia for their approach to things. Um, if you follow me online, you might know I'm a huge fan of like Final Destination and a lot of those really trashy, like knowingly trashy uh, slasher films and, and things like that. And so, yeah, like uh, Bloomhouse is just something that I was like checking in pretty regularly with um, like franchises. Like I've seen decent number of the insidiouses i've seen like paranormal activity up till maybe four um and then i and then i just really like i really like the first sinister um you know oculus and some of the flanagan stuff they've been doing i just thought they were doing interesting horror stuff and so Mm. unfriended uh seemed like another thing i liked the premise i mostly like found footage except when it makes me sick which I think the only movie I well, ever... Well, you don't like when they say, babe, why are you filming me? <laughs> that That's not what attracts you to that? It's No, I mean, I, I think <laughs> if you... Well, let me put it this way. Because we were watching what is kind of considered the proto-unfriended last night. It's called The Den. It's it's actually on YouTube. And I, I don't... I wouldn't, like, strongly recommend it or anything. It's based around... The Den is essentially, like... Uh, version of chat roulette sort of and so that is a movie that's not in real time it jumps around and stuff and I think that like despite being kind of like clever moment to moment in how they shoot things like uh, there's some really nicely uh like shot things and it's creepy and everything but it it doesn't ever make sense why they're taking photos and like even if you do something contrived, like, um, sorry, I'm trying to think of what the exact thing was. Like, not why are you filming, but like, oh, I have the camera on because it's the only way to have a light on or something. So if you do something like that, that's dumb, I'm willing to buy into your rules. It's a maneuvering, like yeah. Yeah, like that's, that's kind of how I feel about anything. Even if those rules are dumb, if you establish them and mostly stick to them, I don't, really care if they don't make sense and and i know there's a lot of people who can't really leave that at the door mm-hmm. yeah. yeah those films are um i mean i haven't i haven't seen the blair witch I, found footage is something i've always kind of took like kept 
some distance from it just it's never so really it seemed it's so yeah beat up and, and and i think it's 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 self-destructed certainly at, at some point but its reputation was just so uh molded especially when i started coming into movies yeah. was that's when it was kind of like like i haven't seen any of the paranormal paranormal activities like there's a lot of stuff i have not seen from the found footage era and i've always just like the only thing i can really think about is like like chronicle and searching and mm. maybe one or two others and like you're like you're talking about the reasoning or the like the idea of why is this being recorded i mean chronicle yeah. honestly has that same issue of like there's just no reason why this should be found footage like yeah. i mean it's truly just one of like oh i guess you just needed like you wanted to make this cheap that's fine which one's chronicle again uh with josh trank directed with michael b jordan and dane dehan superhero one You've not heard. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I there's a writer on it who will not name. Um, <laughs> Michael knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. No. I'm. So I've always, like you said, Jack. It's just been so mocked to this point that when I saw these, I just said to that. Give, that was me. I know. I, I, I and I gave you the proper I did it. credit you that you deserve. You beautiful yeah. boy. Yeah. Um. I don't know. So, so when these movies came, like, so my introduction to the idea of unfriended, like the trailers and stuff when the mm. first one came out. Cause I, I saw this for the first time last night, um, both of them. And, but like, I was aware of them and I, this, you know, it came out in 2015 time when I was kind of getting to movies, but I had that, I had that, you know, um, that entitlement, that kind of, I'm above it all kind of mentality back then. Like, ah, uh, slasher films, horror films, they're cheap, not like, you know, they're, they're Oh yeah, cheap let's nothings. not name that writer. Let's, I, I don't. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, okay. Yep. Nobody wrote it. Tr- trust weird. me. It's yep. uncredited. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And literally yeah. no one wrote it. It was actually yeah. all improv. That's I mean, bizarre. they're just great actors. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was like, but, um, yeah, no, like uh, Dogma 95. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, so I, I had this conceited idea of, oh, these, that's what these movies are. I'm too good of, I'm too good for them. And I had them, I had that kind of feeling until honestly, it's still like, like, till I got it, till I tried to get into more slashers. Um, and you mentioned Final Which Destination. Um, it, it was a slow buildup, but I kind of fully accept it once I started watching the Final Destination movies. That's when I was kind of like, oh, okay, I like this genre. Like, I saw all the mm-hmm. Saw movies one hot, like one October, and I still was kind of like, I don't know about this, even though I binged all of them. <laughs> and I'm still like, I don't know if I'm into this, <laughs> like a, like a, you know, some in denial or whatever. But like, you're like Rick Dalton, Final Destination movies really kind of. But you still don't like them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Final Destination movies going to be like, oh, these are actually like, there's a value to these things. Yes, they're stupid. The sure. plot's dumb. The acting is dumb. But like the actual conceit, the narrative structure, the creativity in these set pieces are actually like, they can be really well made and have this personality that you won't see in any other movie. And at least if it's bad, there is at least these ideas of like creativity, you know, ingrained into each, each of these kind of slashers because they're following this formula that has been integrated for so like, for instance, like the seventies or eighties. And it's kind of trying to make something either try to replicate it perfectly or make something new out of it, which I think is interesting either way, because a replication can also have some kind of, value to it if depending on the the avenues they try this is going this is going nowhere 
Um, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's got what you said. The Final Destination movie is kind of like, oh, slashers are cool. So, mm-hmm. like, going into this, um, and, you know, I've watched a bunch of the Friday 13th films. I've just, I've just been really into, like, oh, I'm, like, I'm dumb. You know, these movies have always had value. These, you know, they should be, like, maybe, you, you know, you don't critically, like, you don't give it the critical thought of maybe other f- films. Um, but, like, it's still, you can, if you approach it from a different angle, you can still appreciate them for what they are which is just as valid as a boring period drama or whatever. Like it, they both, they both have their value. And so once I kind of realized that I've just been so more open to this, a lot of this genre stuff. And so going into the first one, hearing that they're like, at first I heard, Oh, it's, you know, it's a Blumhouse, you know, like, you know, attempt at something that wasn't, that wasn't successful. But then hearing more and more, and when Michael chose it, I did some more deep diving. And I was like, Oh, there's actually, there's appreciation for this movie. There's, people who actually like defend it and think it has merit. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay, like Gus Van Sant's Psycho. <laughs> yes, that, 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 all right, you broke my brain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like I, I was more excited. I was actually pretty excited to see it for the first time. Um, and I think it was like late at night in like all alone in, um, in my little downstairs area, just like <laughs> at like nine o'clock, just binged both of them. And it was an experience. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I I think a lot in a night. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot. It started from nine and I think the second one ended at like one. And so like, uh, that was a night, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I'm really, I'm really, I've been really pumped to talk about these because I think there's a lot of, a lot of stuff in here, but Jack, how was, how was your approach to the first one? How was, what's your context there? (laughs) Um, just to piggyback real quick off of what you said about like embracing the final destination esque kind of shade of, of horror there it kind of, it kind of brought to mind this one thanks uh, Thanksgiving Halloween that I was out with some friends. It was the last Halloween before you're like, okay, I'm too old for the trigger trading. You know what I'm saying? Like it was 12, 13 mm-hmm. where it's like, I, why, why am I still doing this? And I was like, okay, hey, you ready to go trigger treating? I was, I said that to my friend, and he was watching that like Jason, Jason Friday the Thirteenth marathon that they do, and mm-hmm. I'm like, these movies are like they're not even scary. Why are you watching these? And, and he's like, the trash just smells good, <laughs> and I always <laughs> and I always think about that like it's good smelling trash. Um, it's funny how he just he just like things thought of that at on the spot, but it's like it's sometimes trash that you know has has a certain flavor to it but because it embraces itself and it's aware of itself that it be it adds more merit than um than if not um similar to you i felt hesitant uh from the reputation that found footage had i have seen uh paranormal activity the first one I have seen the Blair Witch that I like the more I think about it, even though I have it rated pretty low. <laughs> and I, I think found footage has some legitimacy, even though ironically, when a filmmaker tries to implement it for um, authenticity, it sometimes then backfires and you try to jump through obstacles to permit that authenticity. And uh, like you, man, I 
experienced these for the first time for this. And uh, I, I saw a lot of, not to get ahead of ourselves, if you have like a podcast bingo card, you can scratch that off. Um, but I, I saw a great improvement in dark web and I saw a lot of need for a time capsule, I suppose, for the, for the first one. And um, it's, it's a great hallmark of, of what Blumhouse has done uh, in the 2010s, I'd say. Yeah, I think um, I've actually, like, when Michael first suggested um, these films, uh, Jack texted me, okay, hey, um, Michael wants to, you know, he gave me a list and of, like, you know, your short list, basically, of what films sure. we would want to talk about. And I saw the unfriended movies on there and I'm like, I want to talk about those because even though like I had, I had, I didn't have too much experience or exposure to those films. I know those are Blumhouse and I want to talk about Blumhouse because I think, and I don't know if this is a hot take or anything. I think Blumhouse is the most interesting studio to come out of the 2010s period. I think they're business savvy. Did you like think pause for applause or something? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I was expecting someone to throw an ax at me. I don't know. Um, but like, I think <laughs> that would be fun. Um, yeah. I think that they have created this incredible business model that should be applauded for because they just, there's like they a don't, they, they set themselves not to loves. lose. And I think that is really hard in business and especially in entertainment, but they have always made sure to set themselves up to not lose and actually gain profitability in every single movie they make. And yes, it, yes, they make, they only spend so much, but they understand trends better than any studio. I think they understand um, marketability with basically where do you target with what film, uh, you know, like with unfriended the first one, they made sure they went straight to social media and they created these, you know, like these websites that you could come in and like chat at, you know, you could chat to an automated war or whatever. Yeah, like they yeah. use these inventive mar marketing ideas to target specific demographics to come up and show up the, for these movies opening weekend. And they only need opening weekend because they cost a million. They make five, 10 opening weekend, which is on the lower side of some of, of like a lot of the films they make um, is they're, they're set. Um, they import interesting directors, not always successful. They've ex they've um, accepted a lot. They've explored a lot more genres than just horror. I mean, Blumhouse Tilt, which is the less successful division of Blumhouse, has gone into a lot of different veins. I mean, you have your exploitation movies like Upgrade, um, and now they're getting into like monsters, uh, like the Universal like IP with Invisible Man. They've always just progressed in every single movie they make. Um, they in, they hire interesting talent, but they all but they always make sure what is the trend, what's the profitability, like how can we set ourselves up for success, um, and on and they also have these gems in there that you kind of don't you can't believe that they actually made. You know they have Whip, Whiplash, Get Out, films that are in this high caliber, surrounded by the trash they usually make. And trash, I say with all, all you know all due respect, like a lot you of their films good are trash. trash. Good. I mean, a lot of it's bad, but a lot to. of it's, it, 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 you know, a lot of it's bad, a lot of it's good. It's just like any other studio, but they've made sure to not become like Annapurna, as we've seen right now, is, I mean, two different studios, but they're drowning. They're absolutely drowning yeah. right now. 
and they've just made mistake after mistake throughout this entire decade. They've mismanaged, they have miscalculated um, so many, so many um, like strat, like high profile decisions when it comes to Detroit or um, uh, Booksmart. A lot of these films that have been, you know, gained way more critical success than 70% of Blumhouse movies, but they've just floundered each and every time, not each and every time, but, but a lot. Uh, so much that they're make bankrupt now. Blumhouse has basically kicked in the door and Universal said, you have to respect us because you because we are making you so much money. Our profit margins are out of this fucking world. We have, you know, we are so ingrained into culture, so to speak, that we make sure that young people show up to our movies unlike anything, any like most studios right now. I know, I, I could go on on and on because I just think that their business model and also the creative side is super interesting. And I think Blumhouse is easily to be on, like in my opinion, the most interesting studio to come out of this decade. I said my piece. Yeah. I, th- I think you have a really, I think you have a really good um, argument there. I, I, I know some people might say a 24. I'm, I'm pretty, <laughs> I, I'm pretty of course, open. Like that's that, the go-to. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty open that I, I don't, particularly like A24's marketing <laughs> the way they present herself, themselves. But I, I mentioned mm-hmm. that only because I, I, I think, Clay, I think you're really right about how uh, Bloomhouse has kind of has kind of played that in the sense that, you know, I, I mean, maybe it's as easy as saying one for, you know, one for me, one for you, the type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, like the truth or dares and the fantasy island and those things, like they're quick and dirty, but like it's, it, it, it's fine because they're also bankrolling these things are, that are a little bit stranger. And even the ones that seem like they're going to be, you know, wider, like the Happy Death Day series is so fucking weird, like, and creative. Truly. And they and they they have a, a wonderful lead in uh, uh, Jessica Roth and like I just feel like over and over they're doing these interesting things while also having like a somewhat bad ratio <laughs> in terms of oh, bad yeah. to good films like I, I don't I, and I don't I, I and as you're saying like they're totally fine with representing themselves uh in this way uh funnily enough the den the film i was mentioning earlier was actually released by oh wait no i'm sorry i was looking at the wrong thing uh either way um uh, yeah cut that out (laughs) but yeah what i was saying though is i think that again that that uh, output and the fact that, you know, they're bringing people in like Jordan Peele and, you know, uh, and... Um, M. Night Shyamalan? Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, yeah, they did I'm, The Visit, right? Yeah. They yeah, did The Visit, to, Split, and Glass. And glass. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who the Invisible Man director was. Lee Winnell. I don't think it was... Yes, thank you. That was the follow-up to Upgrade, right? You, mm-hmm. you just saw me totally flip my glasses off. That was fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like Lee Winnell, who I, I really like Upgrade, I really like Invisible Man, but I'm Same. starting to ramble a bit, but I, I think you're right, though, that they, they're really interesting and they harken back to, I, I said Fearnet earlier, did, have either of you guys, did, were you too young for Fearnet? I, swear I knew I what you were talking about, Dimension, 
I know you guys, what you, I mean, I knew what you were talking about when you said Dimension, because that wasn't that, isn't that Rodriguez's production company or? Oh no. yeah, you might be, wait, no, that's Troublemaker, I believe. Okay, I thought Dimen- Dimension, I think Dimension did the Spy Kids movies though. My, yes, and Final Destination and like, yeah, they just did a lot of like, you know, these very cheapy commodified horror films and FearNet mm-hmm. like was you know, it was not, I don't, it, it was partly a distribution company, but it mm-hmm. also was this on-demand service that had all of these cheapy horror films. Like, it, it, it wasn't even like, you know, it was maybe a Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street interspersed, but it was things like uh, drive through a slash I, I really like, which is about a clown who uh, <laughs> murders people at a fast food place. Oh wow, that sounds um, like a masterpiece. I'm sorry, that sounds like a, really a stone fun. cold masterpiece. Or, or like uh, Santa's sleigh, which is uh, Goldberg as a as a Santa who murders people like James Caan uh, with you know mm. candy canes and things. Um, but I, I digress. My point being, though, that it's like, the wrong con. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that those films like weren't big sellers though but they very much were in that um in that vein and i think the other thing that kind of makes bloom house interesting is that they're able to have a slickness and kind of use that to their benefit like even Mm -hmm. fantasy island like and god i was fucking mad when i watched fantasy island earlier this year but it's it's a pretty decent looking movie. You know, it, it's, it's got just a bit of money around it. It's got a corporate sheen, but that's not really a bad thing. And, and I say that right now, because I actually think that part of the reason Unfriended and Unfriended uh, Dark Web really work is that they do have this commodified feeling that makes their ultimate nastiness almost all the more... Uh, yeah, almost all the more like satisfying. Uh, sorry, yes, satisfying and like primal. The fact mm-hmm. that you are using Mac applications, like yes, they use everything that you know. And yeah, there's a few things like no Skype doesn't just <laughs> the volume doesn't yeah, go Skype, down. Yes, that's, there's no feature of that on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Or, yeah, uh, some questions about how Facebook video works when someone's on the train. Mm -hmm. Either way, like, (laughs) I think that that stuff and that certain, again, like, that almost, like, anodyne quality, the fact that then there's something so evil, evil sounds really corny, like, evil at the heart of both of these movies, like, makes it feel more interesting to me than like something that's trying to be like a grindhouse film like a terrifier Mm -hmm. is someone people talk about recently which is like very much grainy it's it's in the 80s it's like obsessed with like super gruesome character effects or like maybe uh, a giallo yeah or or, yeah yeah or it's like more panache over over anything else yeah like a um oh my god what is that one I, either way, yeah, you know, like a, it's not as, it's not as like well versed in homage or anything. Sure. But mm-hmm. Again, I find it 
all the more interesting when it does do something subversive. Like Truth or Dare is also really bad. I swear I like a lot of these, but Truth or Dare is, <laughs> these are just the movies I watch when I'm drunk, apparently with my girlfriend. But um, yeah. Which so I think like, is Truth Blumhouse's de- demographic. I think that's exactly <laughs> right. the demographic of Blumhouse is when you're drunk and with a partner. Yeah, drunk quarantine I, watches. But it's not like Netflix horror, which like Netflix horror, mm-hmm. I, I've made this joke that it's like algorithm cinema. Like I, I'm not going to fucking miss yes. anything if I'm looking at my phone for 10 minutes. And you know, it's, it's weird because I've had to review a number of Netflix films and it's like, I feel like they didn't want me to watch this stretch because mm-hmm. nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, truth. I guess there, Netflix yeah, could be a valid comparison um, to Blumhouse and how they do value quantity as opposed if you would ask some people quality um, sure. because the um, the number though I guess like obviously the um, the difference comes in uh, with the theatrical distribution and uh, Blumhouse won't have to as you said like they won't have to worry about that because of the, the amount of money that, that they spent well, I also um, yeah. think they take different approaches when making movies. I think that's the key. I mean, I think, like you said, quantity is definitely high on Blumhouse's watermark in the sense that we need to put out this many movies this amount of year. I mean, sometimes you can think of it as like, you know, flipping houses or whatever. We, you know, we put in one million in this movie, you know, we put in one million in four different movies each year and we should get back the X amount of money or whatever. But yeah. I think there is a different approach. Like Truth or Dare feels like, Netflix feels like, okay, this is what, you know, all of these numbers say that people want. Like, this is the view count. This is like, you know, this is um, all of the statistics we have on people's viewing habits. Blumhouse, I feel, is more of like they listen to people and they try to give you what they want, but sometimes they fuck up. Like, truth or dare, I feel like it's not something that was done, like, that idea was a greenlit by statistics, but more like, what do people actually want? Do they want this? I guess they want this. And they try it and like, oh no, they didn't really want it. I mean, we made money, but like, I guess it was bad. Yeah. Um, and I think they try to play into their genre rather than just use their genre as, uh, uh, as another, like, again, like a demographic finder. Like Netflix, yeah. I feel like sometimes- just It's like, certainly like oh. a classical studio reactionary um, mm-hmm. kind of vibe, yeah. Yeah, like they're not afraid to, that, to jump on a bandwagon at all. Like they're, they're shameless about that stuff. And like, yeah, I, maybe it's just optics. And yeah, I, I think you do have a good you have a good argument for the fact that like they are probably putting. I mean, Netflix is just a fucking fire hydrant. But still, I mean, you, you look at you know the list of, of Blumhouse films, and you're like, I have never heard of a quarter of these, even from last year. And like, but and they all came out in know. July 2020. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's like not Wild. a problem. Yeah, it's it, it, that's like not a problem, as you're saying. Like, there's and then you know, I I think like a 24 to like, you know, it's it's my preference too. Like, people looked at me crazy on the fact that I put like the shell or not the shallows, uh, the shallows fucking rules too though. But uh, 48 meters down sequel like far higher than midsummer last year Mm -hmm. like i I thought that was a way better more interesting film and people looked at me like i was crazy for that you know like that's partly preference but also there's just something 
I, I can't say like optics doesn't factor into that. Like, True. you know, the, that quick and dirty film. And I, I should say that's not a Blumhouse film, but um, it's close way, enough. I, it's of that flavor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it, it is of that flavor and it, it feels quick and dirty, but you know, it, it knows it's quick and dirty, which is obviously something you could say about trash. I, I'm almost wishing, quick and dirty. I, I think on my list, I had uh, one of the Resident Evil movies because that was, it was funny, Clyde, you were talking about how you were resistant to things. So in high school, the Resident Evil series, movie series is something that two of my best friends loved. I was just like such a snobby dickhead about it. Mm-hmm. I like revisited them after smart people I knew <laughs> said they were good. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, these movies rip and there's well, there can only be really one Paul Anderson in this household. It's like Wes Anderson. Of course. Respect to the name. Respect. <laughs> oh, yeah, like so that was like so yeah, I, I definitely had that like yeah, <laughs> come to Jesus moment with with trash in mm-hmm. the past, you know. Uh, five years and like part of that was embracing that you know uh i swear this is the end of my thing that unfriended and dark web are yeah they're fun but i also think there's a lot of if not ingenious at least like there's just very little that feels generic to me about this these films which is weird because all of the characters are like extremely archetypal horror film characters so it's like it's just it it's weird because it it is again um in a number of ways you can compare it to like the template of horror that already exists but just because of that gimmick and that format i really think it changes it up and the last thing i'll say which i don't know if this is a hot take i think the lead of dark web is really good and sells that movie. Um, I'll get his name up real Mateus. quick. Yes, uh, that actor, I think, uh, f- from the last uh, scene to the scene where he has to convince his friends, I think he has to do a lot in that movie and does really well at it. So, I agree, certainly, actually. Certainly. I think he's actually quite good. Um, I can... I can do two things, or actually, let me just ask it. Do you guys want me Is this to gonna be like quickly two run down? Yeah, I'll, we'll get to that later, because um, <laughs> I have stuff on that. Um, oh but boy. do you guys want me to just run down the entirety of Blumhouse real quick? Or is like that filmography? Too long? Yeah, I can just read uh, it real quick. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Griffin and Phoenix, The Fever, The Darwin Awards, Graduation, Paranormal Activity, The Accidental Husband, Tooth Fairy, Paranormal Activity 2, Insidious, Paranormal, Paranormal Activity 3, The Baby Makers, Sinister, I mean, Paranormal Bill Simmons Activity does this, 4, so you, you do it. The Bay, Dark Skies, The Lords of Salem, The Purge, Insidious Chapter 2, Plush, Best Night Lords Ever, Paranormal Salem. Activity, The Marked Ones, Oculus, 13 Sins, Not Safe for Work, The Normal Heart, The Purge, Anarchy, Mockingbird, Mercy, Whiplash, Stretch, the town that dreaded sundown, Ouija, uh, Jezebel, the boy, ne- boy next door, the Lazarus effect, unfriended, Area Fifty One, Cities Chapter Three, Creep, um, Exeter, the Gallows, the Gift, S- Sinister Two, the Visit, Green Inferno, Paranormal Activity, the Ghost Dimension, Jen and the Holograms, Visions, uh, Curve, the Veil, Martyrs, Hush, the Darkness, the Purge Election Year, Viral in a Valley of Violence, Ouija, Origin of the Evil, Incarnate, Split. The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, Get Out, The Belko Experiment, Slight, 
Lowriders, Birth of a Dragon, Happy Death Day, Creep 2, and Amityville, The Awakening, Like Share, Follow, Totem, Insidious, Last Key, Benji, Truth or Dare, Stephanie, Family Blood, Zerillium, Upgrade, The per- First Perch, uh, Unfriended Dark Web, The Keeping Hours, Black Klansman, Seven in Heaven, Halloween, Cam, Glass, Happy Death Day 2, You, Mercy Black, Stockholm, Thriller, Ma, Don't Let Go, Bloodline, Prey, Sweetheart, The Gallows Act 2, Adopt a Highway, Black Christmas, Fantasy, the Island, The Invisible Man, The Hunt, You Should Have Left, The Vigil. And those so, are all in theaters now. <laughs> so rush out to your local cinema. It's totally safe. So that's just like half of those movies don't exist. A quarter of those movies <laughs> are like legitimate pop culture cornerstones. Another quarter are just pretty good movies. <laughs> and they're still financially successful. Yeah. Um, it's, <laughs> I think, I don't know, man. That's a crazy list of movies. Um, and they do a lot of other stuff like they like Jason Blum is has a lot of hands and a lot of jars um, so I think I don't know I think it's a fascinating company I could talk about them for a long time because I think that I think they're just they're easily the smartest making like the, they make the smartest decisions in modern Hollywood if that makes any sense they don't fuck up as much as other. I mean, they don't have much risk involved, but they don't like each sure. major studio truly can make a crazy fuck up. And they also kind of treat their movies, maybe not equal, but more equal. Like A24, they can choose some really hard favorites. Like this is our movie. Like and their other movies that they have will just go down the shitter. But Blumhouse kind of gives love to all of them. They kind of treat them all somewhat equal. I mean, of course you have your get out and your, um, uh, uh, and your uh, what else is, do they market heavy? Uh, the, your purges, but like they still, sure. I don't know. They still give. They 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 still let their movies um, live instead of just killing them on the spot. They can have a pulse on what is and what isn't becoming a hit. Um, better than, than studios. Better than yeah. Um, and uh, like a twenty four will just be like, okay, so we found our guys with like the Safties and Ari Aster. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more yeah. like uh, Bloomhouse just wants a flavor. Rather yeah, than and sometimes they, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, we worked well with you. We'll keep working well with you. But it's mostly just kind of like come in and come out. Um, <laughs> there's the exit. But, yeah, literally. Seriously. Jason Blum has said there's the exit. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen um, well, side note on Jason Blum, uh, who I don't know much. Like I've never met him. <laughs> not too interesting. But, yeah. Um, but have you guys seen the movie home again starring reese witherspoon in 2017 part of it is he, is he in it? it okay so the movie home again which is directed by nancy meyer's daughter um we're just gonna talk about home again for the rest of the episode um pico alexander i believe is supposed to be playing a jason blum like stand-in archetype yeah and it's essentially like how they got founded like they um there was this other legendary filmmaker who was obviously never named in uh, Home Again, and he was he was like living with that director, and then um, their daughter, played by Candice Bergen, was then like shepherding them into the studio system. So, I, so yeah, Home Again is partially the Jason Blum story. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to Jason Blum. Uh, let's let's talk of the first movie. We, you know, we've done a lot of Blumhouse. If stuff. you let's guys ever want to talk about the intern, I, I'm up for that. Speaking of, yeah. Nancy I think Myers. that's my favorite Nancy. That's my favorite Nancy. 
I, there's a lot of good dancing. I, see, I, people think I'm like a fucking hard <laughs> out snob. But... Right, 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 yeah. You can, oh, you no. can WSA, do... USA, Unfriended, and Nancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Michael PTA, yeah. Unfriended, now Nancy. That's, that's an arc. <laughs> Listen, I can go and watch Stockhart. <laughs> I can watch Stalker, but also I can watch The Holiday. And, you know, that's two sides. So the first film is very different than the second film. They're pretty much two different movies besides the format. Are we all Um, in consensus that the second one's better? I'm not saying by a mile, but do we just... I like the second one more as a film. I I know that which is a fucking cop-out of a cop-out, but I like (laughs) the first one. I like thinking about the first one more, if that makes sense. I know that's weird, but like I think the themes of the first one are more interesting to contemplate. I think the filmmaking in the second one is more engaging. Yeah, I, I think that. Yes. Like <laughs> the No, I, I, I think that the first unfriended. Um, my my friend said this on Justine Smith said this on Twitter. I was reading her review of Dark Web, and and she was talking about. Her, I, I swear I'm going to come back to Unfriended, but she was just talking about how she was a little bit frustrated that it ruins or it kind of like disrupts the cleanness of the interface. So like, and I think there's something in Dark Web that as scary as it is, like in terms of the actual scope, there's something a lot more frightening about a, about a ghost in a machine. And like, I, I think there's something too that that really gets to me about that first one that the second, I, I, again, like uh, to pull another cop, I think they're about very different things, to be honest. I but, agree. I agree. But I also think the first one, like, you know, I didn't watch it on a laptop, but it nonetheless reminded me of times in like high school and college when it was like three in the morning yeah. And you're groggy and you're you're on your computer and like not it's not even spam or anything, but a window won't close. And like that mm-hmm. uh, that uh you know, I can't hourglass. find this button. Yes, this hourglass. It's been going way the too pinwheel. long. Pinwheel and, and yeah. Yeah, the yeah, beach the ball. Thank you. Pinwheel of death. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like it's that that I think it gets across uh, really well and very patiently. Like I, I think, and I think that's two very different directors' sensibilities. Like Dark Web is like, I think it is like beautifully executed. I don't think mm-hmm. anyone else. Like I don't know whether I can just say that Steven Susko or. Um, you know, the editors, but like, you know, a crack team that they got there, but like that movie through and through, you know, to go back to Final Destination feels like a Rube Goldberg <laughs> machine. Yeah. Like every, it is well oiled to the extent mm-hmm. that by the end, they're like, oh, here's why even something you didn't think made sense, it makes sense according to our own rules. Yeah. Like, 
and unfriended is way the first one is way less clean like exactly it, it, it does not care. like there's gonna be a ping pong ball that hits the frying pan and then the toothpaste will fall out and- yeah yes. like there's a it's very different like the two scenes that kind of make a distinct difference to what the movies are to me are and i we can just talk about the movies generally um sure like the uh, spoilers by the way spoilers spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> um that the first one has Adam who just has a gun throughout the movie, just shoots himself because of the, you know, of, you know, the uh, piece of paper. And the second sure. one, you have this nice little buildup of AJ about, Oh, they called the police. They, you know, they edited, you know, they edited uh, an audio saying he's going to go, you know, bring a bunch of guns to a mall or whatever. And then, you know, they, he sets up the stereo while he's walking down up the stairs to like surrender and then the shotgun uh, noise and like, it's all built up. It's all like layered specifically. And it, you know, it's all, it's like this one thing after another perfectly planned, perfectly placed um, build up to a a finale of some kind, which is his death. In in, in, uh, the first one, it's just, he just kind of holds the gun for the whole movie. He just has a gun, you know, it doesn't really make sense why he has a gun. And then he just shoots himself. Yeah, I think those are like the two. I mean, I that's not all the difference about them, but those are like the idea of what's polished and what's not. What are they going for? And like, what's what is the how clean are they willing to make this movie? And you know, the threat of it. I think that's why those the, the, those are the two scenes that stand out to me that um, demonstrate the difference. It's between. the clear divide. Yeah. Yes. I suppose yeah. if you want. <laughs> If you want to value boldness over execution, uh, that's where you could draw this draw the line in the sand in um, picking a favorites one of these two. And and I think I value execution. And um, for that reason, I I do find Dark Web one that I'm going to be thinking about more. Um, although I am more nostalgic for for that tw- like early 2010s like look of the interface like that's so it's dated already specific. yeah it's but it's i love weird. it it's like a good dated yeah, it's um, very nostalgic uh what was i yeah and i i think dark web is an open secret about hidden doors in the internet that sure. clay and clay, i'll speak for the both of us that i feel like growing up with with the internet gen z has so much like built-in knowledge and we have so much awareness and safety but there's always going to be these demons that we know are there but we can't just like Mm. search on google right um and i like that more than a ghost of laura barnes um because we we just it's not something that's imaginary um i suppose like it's it's kind of like a a serial killer more than like a ghost kind of situation but i i just i find that it's tactile um that it's something that that i i get uh unsettled with more and i've just for for as long as i can remember i've just always known about uh like the like um what was the mention of uh rainbow road right i think that's aj says that at one point um in dark mm, web silk silk road silk yeah. road yes yes yeah, um yeah. and it's like that's always been what uh the weird kid in in my middle school class would, would talk about like yeah man my cousin in silk road just bought a a thing of 
uh, bullets it's something like something like that where it's like yeah yeah oh, i don't want it. like it gives you the heebie-jeebies um the boogeyman so, uh, as michael said earlier yeah yes um but not to discredit unfriended i think it lays it lays a template and it takes advantage of a moment and there's there's absolutely nothing that i like more than that so it's a, in uh you could even go as far to, as to call it this this decade's Blair Witch because of that. Yeah, I I, I think I, I think that's an that's a really interesting point you you bring up the idea of like you know that there's always trap doors in, in the internet and I, I and I didn't I didn't quite have the same experience in terms of you know I didn't have internet till sixth or seventh grade maybe fifth sixth um fucking AOL dial up. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, like it, it. It's interesting though because you know I knew people, like the equivalent of that was you know the the YouTube people or, or people putting uh, you know like have you guys heard of Faces of Death? Like so that was a, a VHS mm-hmm. that was faked, uh, yeah, like suicides and, and and things like that, and it was like this really edge lord thing, um, and you know then it's like you a snuff about, film. Yeah, uh, but faked. Like you know, mm. nowadays you have Live Leak, where uh, it's not not. You don't know whether it's fake. So yeah. fake, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Live Leak's yeah. a real thing. Like yes. that's not just like a website they made up. Oh wow. No, Live Leak's real. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have <laughs> thankfully not spent much time there. Yeah, yeah, but like, I, I mean, in a way, you're you're totally right, Jack. Because like, you know, you go to Eight Chan and you. If you want to find what you're looking for, you can find what you're looking for. <laughs> so, like, I, I think that's why some of the critiques I hear about that second one, about that idea that they, like, oh, this hacking network that, like, can do anything remotely. Like, I personally don't know the technical capabilities of, like, being able to blur someone's face yeah. out and things like that. But, like, that wasn't that much of a jump for me and I, I don't I, you know I'm not like a hardcore Luddite or anything um, and so yeah I guess to bring it back to Unfriended though I mean I think what's interesting to me is it felt a lot more representative of like the selves we portray mm-hmm. online and, and that's like that's very obvious in, a, in how it's presented but also more complicated in almost the gestures they present for themselves. Like the fact that they're like nervatizing, like talking to their girlfriend or, or something like, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's playing certain music. He is. Um, yeah. And, and, and then I guess it's just, it seems too easy to say like one is more simple and one is more complex, but like, if I distill, my favorite scene of the first Unfriended is the scene where um, it seems like the video is uh, is lagging and trying to load because a, a person is still. It's their friend in the laundry room. Well, that's oh, fine because I thought that was the the movie's thorn in its side that the buffering is a problem and, and buffering has always been a problem but i've I, I just found it to be um an obstacle created because buffering 
isn't that bad. Like, internet's no, but bad, but it's not, like... True. No, but it's not when it is buffering. You think it's buffering because it's totally still. Yes. Okay. Sorry. It, it, it's, okay. And then you see the phone vibrate. Like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm okay. sorry. I should have been more clear there. I, no, no, no. no. That, that's my fault. But, yes, I think that is personally... That is not something that necessarily happens in dark web. Like, because it's juggling so many different things where like, it's kind of weird that the first Unfriended is at once extremely ADD and also super focused for the, for the fact that it's like so chaotic and like, yes. It has a goal, but it wants to be scattered. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That does like, there's a 10 minutes so much stretch. anxiety. That desktop yeah. in the first one is so fucking cluttered. I'm, you know I what I did, like, as a, contrasted with the amount of buffering, I did enjoy how songs would play, like, just uh, uh, as if there was a vocal command that was Don't lie to me. Or what, what was that song? Don't yeah, lie Yeah, don't lie, lie, lie. Yeah, right. like that. That, um, that was so good. Because, like, I know my com- or the family computer would always play The A-Team by Ed Sheeran, just, like, on a dime, which was... Yeah always very bizarre but it's like <laughs> oh it's so because it's alphabetical esoteric of course yeah, yeah. yeah. just like when you put it in a same thing with it... yeah same thing with me and travis scott's a team as it always plays on, on, on my phone yeah. um yeah no i think i mean that reveal of the phone just like you know you i like it's frozen you think and like in the yeah. the character's like it's frozen the phone is just like you know it it, it kind of looks like a cheap visual trick but i don't care um, it just like it just sure. starts ringing like the side of the camera, and it just like it keeps going forward and forward, and it knocks I, and the laptop it, it's, off. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, I think the reason why I think about the first one more than the second one, in the sense of, I mean, again, this has just been a day. I mean, I've I've just slept on it, but like the one that like the ending, so to speak, I keep coming back to is the first one, and it's just because in the second one, I mean, again, we're going, I might be going too far. He's dead. I mean, the, the official ending. He he's dead. I mean, like yes, and that's a sure. whole cabal of people. It, but everyone's they're dead. They're all dead. The first one, <laughs> true, they're all dead. No, but no, like, Clay, I think you should specify what happens at the end. They're dead. Um, in the first one, in <laughs> the first one, it. it's fine. <laughs> I was like, I guess I I keep thinking about the reveal. I mean, it's a twist, and whether you think the twist is good or not, I I, I don't know. But like the twist of her being the one who did the camera is got me thinking more than them just all dying in the second one. Cause I'm, cause it's a thing of like, it doesn't make complete character sense from what we, you know, what we've established. I don't know. I, I, I've gone back and forth on it, but it's made me think about how, like how much, like we lie to ourselves and how we hold these inner dark truths to just basically how we can't never release them no matter what, even no matter how much danger is involved, because it's just so hard to bear. Um, and even though if you know it could actually save your life, you don't do it. Um, I think like also me not assuming right away that she was the one who did it was kind of like, I know that that was the director's intention, but I'm just like, oh, why didn't I even consider it? Like why, you know, why? couldn't have she be the one like it's the appearance of everyone and how we display this idea of you know um of what we do behind closed doors what morals do we have when no one's looking and that and the internet kind of amplifies that i mean trolling obviously i love that <laughs> i love the line 
when someone mentions trolls when they're trying to figure out who's on that call right and then they and someone spell was out like, the definition and like someone was like what are trolls and i'm like yeah. ah to be young. uh 2014 just, oh my ugh, what a time to just not know what trolling would be yeah um but yeah just like the like the the idea of of course not you know anonymity is throughout the whole thing of like you we hide behind our computer screens i mean it is kind of like it is like a pretty spelled out thematic consent of, yeah and that's another like, thorn in its side like they i do wish that it was a little less preached uh that the idea of like well cyberbullying is just like real life bullying and it's like i can get that but i think but i think that's always was gonna be like i i think it's more about I don't think it cares too much about the effects of what does cyberbullying do to others. It's what, like, I think I, the reason why I like that and like, I like it's thematic, um, how it, you know, uh, displays its themes is because I find it more interest. I think the film is more interested in figuring out well, why do you lie about it? Why are you so like, why do you lie to yourself all about it? Not more of like, oh, like, you know, they, they deserve to be killed because like, you know, they did this horrible thing to this girl. I mean, of course that's true, but like in the film's eyes, but like, I think it's more interesting to think about the, why they would do it in the first place and not the ramifications, but what does, why can't you just admit the truth? What, you know, what's so hard about it? That kind of idea. I don't know. I yeah, and I think that. Is... Okay, oh, go ahead, Jack. Sorry. <laughs> I think I was just interested in other things rather than the movie. Um, I was more vibing to the dissection of this friend group rather than the whole Laura Barnes situation. Oh, I don't care about Laura Barnes, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't know if the movie does that much. What? <laughs> you don't. Um, that poor girl. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, like it. Yeah. And I like that we slowly dig up dirt on everybody. Um, and it's, it's like we, as, as people that grow up with, uh, with the internet that we are so care. I, I mean, I just be with friends that I know that we are so care. Like we are so careful about anything. We're like the most careful generation, but then yeah. to see other people be not so slick, it's like, Oh guys, <laughs> where it's like the the pain of of seeing a drunk video at a party cuts even deeper. If that makes sense, and um, mm-hmm. like just just yeah. watching at our at our, our age guy, it's um, uh, I was gonna say something else. Um, yeah, and and I just like that I sectioned the friend group that has to that has to then deal with the things that they didn't know about each other, even though they know each other so well. Um, and I like um like the Val character and everybody's feeling on her and, and, sh- and such. Um, but since we have to deal with the Lauren's, Laura Barnes situation and it kind of detracts from, from everybody's digging up and, and reevaluating what they know about the people or the friend group. I think, it's an, I think it's an interesting question to ask whether the movie cares about Laura Barnes. Cause I think you get, uh, I think you get uh, evidence in in both uh both directions in that mm-hmm. way like I, I to go to the ending especially on i'm so mad that i can't think of who i can credit 
this with, and I'm, I'm butchering their exact language, but it was something that they pointed out. One thing that was really different about the first one for them is it's slimy, but cathartic and like it, it, catharsis is something that's actually allowed in this one, which is strange because it True. is, it is very much like a slasher horror foam and like, yeah, it's kind of an after-school special <laughs> in its head in terms of that ending, but it's still... I've seen a lot of people say, too, they wish it ended 10 seconds earlier, which I think would have been, like, a lot more chilling. Like, just I feel like everyone it, dead. I feel like if you say it ends 10 seconds earlier with any movie, it's like, that's so, like, it comes across like you're trying to sweep up the crumbs. Like, you know when you're sweeping the floor and there's that, like, line of crumbs that you leave as excess like, it's kind of sure. like that where it's it's like it's just like there it's, it's so small of a detraction like i'm not sure why it would like the fat makes the difference well i know i i think that is the interesting thing too is like i i kind of did the same thing as you guys and i i wanted to get a sense so i i definitely have a bubble who really likes this movie i really mm-hmm. likes these movies i should say to different degrees but I, I know a lot of people, both people who are just like love horror films and people who are like some of the most rigorous critics I know, which, which I fucking love that both groups like this movie. But anyway, it's like from the one middle section audience, in the Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very rare. Very rare. <laughs> um, but like, you know, beyond like regular audiences, the normies, no, seriously. But like, <laughs> I, I, anyway, I think like, there is almost a certain concession in the last 10 seconds. And, and I agree, like this certain, if I made the movie, like, but that last 10 seconds is a jump scare. And yeah. this movie, especially compared to Dark Web, doesn't have that like constant drip feed of horror that you get in a lot of slashers like this. Dark Web like, certainly has more patience, yeah. Yeah, and, and Dark Web is like, it, it you know, it's, choking you for the entire time. It doesn't take its hands off your throat. Uh, where this is more like, yeah, as, as you're saying, like things build up and things are, are very chaotic. And, and, I, I, and to speak of like the problems that they have, I kind of love that they're, they're so petty. Like, like there's an honest, you know, terrible mistake that they all make. But like, I kind of love... For instance, how mad her her boyfriend seems to be more mad that his best friend had sex with her first than actually that she's not a, a virgin. Like I, I think like some of those <laughs> dynamics that are yeah. really like glib and and mean work to kind of totally subvert that after school special. Because like sure. there is no one where we're like well, guys, uh, if, you know, if, uh, I, I can't think of any of the fucking characters' names, which is also Blair. <laughs> characteristic. Yeah. Blair, if Adam, Blair Mitchie, didn't, Val. Ken. Yeah. Ken. Who's a pimp. If Blair just would have been nicer, uh, right. everything would have been fine. That's, that's not fucking it at all. Like, I think that's what keeps it from ultimately that moralizing is how mean it is and I guess I keep going back to that word and I don't think I I, I mean I don't think that ending like perfectly works but like I still think there's something 
I, I think that the Laura Barnes thing, it, it's very much a prop. Like, it, it's not something... That's what I think, too. And and it, it allows for it's cool things. Like, it allows for the memorials. It, it allows for, you know, people getting their hands stuck in a blender. <laughs> it, it's, you know, it's it's cheap, but like... It's the curling iron in the throat for me. Yes. I, but I just, I, I guess the thing about this movie to me is I don't feel like it's pulling a rug on me ever. And I think mm. it's partly, I think, I think Clay, it was what you were saying, or I, it was one of you saying it, like, you keep being conditioned to expect a certain type of twist. You kept, you keep hearing, like, you keep expecting, like, someone being like, oh, this whole time, me and Laura were, like, you yeah. know, uh, star-crossed lovers or yeah. something, and mm-hmm. look what you did. That's that's not it at all. It, it's <laughs> no, it's just uh, a vengeful spirit. You're all fucked. <laughs> like, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It's quite literally a demonic presence. Yeah, which I kind of appreciate I, in its yeah, in, in its weird lack of cheap cheap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, it does. Um, it's bad smelling trash essentially. I think <laughs> um, because we're so conditioned. Uh, even if we're not uh, Final Destination or uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street experts to these like archetypes and tropes as just like a pop culture, we can, when when a filmmaker cuts them loose or like goes right when we think they're going to go left, we can, I I think that we're left to be more open-minded and amazed. So, um, so here, I, I think it, yeah, you're right. I think it does work um, in the sense that I, I think it's, it's, it's more clever that they're all on, that you feel even more helpless mm-hmm. um, than it could, just because we're, we're helpless as the characters are helpless. So I have three things. Oh, boy. One. I personally don't think it's after school special just because I think after school specials only have one lesson in them. And I know, and this might seem like, you know, derivative, but like they usually just, it's just this one idea, this one message. Don't do drugs. Don't smoke. Don't, don't drink. Don't drink and drive, you know, whatever. Clay, I think we should start doing after school specials. We should. We'd be perfect at them. Um, Cause I don't live an interesting life, <laughs> but I think um, this one it, the unfriended i think there's a lot to gain from it i think it's trying to say multiple things so after school special i don't think it ever tries to be as simplistic as an after school special even though maybe it is it can browbeat a little bit with certain some some of its quote-unquote lessons but i you know it feels more commentary than lessons which i appreciate um it's a bit of a cautionary second. tale i suppose true would you say that um I uh, I think it's more of a kind of I think it's more revealing. I don't think it's trying to make you learn anything. I just think like yeah, we're all really fucked up on the inside. Think about that for a second. Um, second thing, we teenagers Michael, are mean. Yes, they are. They're very it's mean. like um, um, the John Mulaney quote: like eighth graders will will hurt you while you're sensitive. Like I have feminine <laughs> hips. No, that's what I'm sensitive true. about. Very true. Um, Michael, when you say 10 seconds, what do you exactly mean? When you say, like, they went, you know, cut the ending by 10 seconds, right before, like, when the video is uploaded, or... Yeah, um... Because I'm just curious. uh, Or is it when Laura Barnes jumps on her? Yes, 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 yes. Sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm speaking of someone else who has specifically used the language 10 seconds, Mm -hmm. but 
my personal interpretation was uh, watching it two nights ago. I'm pretty sure that it's taking out the jump scare and leaving her alone with everyone dead. And with looking at that, uh, oh God, of course I didn't write it down, but it's like- uh, Her looking at the video well, and like seeing all the comments pile up and yes. just like saying, yeah, I think that makes more sense. I think, I mean, I do appreciate, I do kind kind you know, we long to think of this moves move like um you just lost your uh, mic condition to just look at the screen for the whole Ooh. time and then the, for the first time it just like what's going your, on your mic stopped working oh in everything working Is now it working again it sounds all it right it sounds now. like from before okay cool <laughs> um sorry about yeah that. you just like went muted for a second yeah okay maybe that's what it was yeah yeah um, it's been weird. Um, okay. But yeah, no, like the, um, what was I going to say? Um, I like how, you know, we've been staring at this desktop the whole time that, you know, the close, it actually closing at the end of the movie, I think is like, I don't know. It is cheap, but I'm kind of like, eh, it's kind of clever. We'll just, we, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't think it'd close. We think it'd be open the whole time. Who knew it could close? Um, I don't know, but no, I agree. I think that'd be more impactful and it leave you on something a little more um, interesting. But um, yeah, I guess the reason why I think this movie works is because we talked, we've talked a lot about slashers um, and we'll still continue to, but I mean, one of the tropes, like the tropes of slashers is the final girl. It's the girl at the end of the movie that has mm -hmm. been able to escape very, you know, like by the skin of her teeth, all, you know, all of the th threats, uh, the killer, blah, blah, blah. They, they're the last ones to survive. And usually at like, and sometimes at the end that they are unjustly killed. Like, oh no, they just, you know, they just made that one mistake and now they're dead. Oh no. And everyone's dead. Or sometimes they just survive and they're in the mental hospital or whatever. One of those. Sure. I like this one is like, no, she was actually like a pretty bad person too. Like, you know, like, the, the, you know, you think it's this innocent because usually the final girls are this innocent. Like they haven't really done anything too wrong. I mean, they're not necessarily pure, but they haven't also really virginal up. often. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, and I think like, did it work? Did it, never mind. Um, I just like how they're like, oh no, she's like also, horribly flawed and made this actual mistake that kind of created this whole thing and how she is not the the uh, angel that you expect her to be in the sense of how she portrays herself to be i mean like even though adam is a complete horrible douche he is kind of right saying like in he, he is kind of right in kind of egging her on and saying oh pure blair you're so pure blah 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 when even though he's an actual asshat, he does have a point of how she is kind of, uh, it's faux, you know, purity. It's, you know, faux morality. It's about what you're saying. It's not how you're saying it. Sure. There you yeah. go. Right with that. what you do, not what you, not what, how you act. It's yeah. that kind of shit. Um, yeah. I, th I don't know. I like the first one. Um, I think the second one's a little more compelling, but the first one, I think, I mean, they're doing two different things, which I appreciate under the same conceit in the sense of the format, but they're doing two very different things with two very different goals, which I appreciate, which is why I actually really enjoyed watching the back-to-back -back because it gave me kind of, it, you know, it's not like a total 360, but it's definitely like a 180, if that makes sense. It is half of 360. It, it is. It truly <laughs> is. I'm so smart. Um, yeah. Uh, should we just... 
try to go should on we the give and... favorite scene for the first or should we i think what Steve. we should do is at the end is we'll just give our favorite scene of both movies and not, not like both but like uh-huh. of the two movie was what is your favorite scene oh, just to make I it see. a little more okay. streamlined but um yeah so the second movie um yes since me and jack saw it, saw it on the same pretense michael did did you watch the both of them for the like in a row or did or did you watch the second one in theaters uh, so I saw the second one in theaters. Um, and which ending? It's actually uh, that A. I, th- I think what it would be A. So uh, yeah, hit by the car. Um, sorry. I, yeah. So I saw it in theaters. I'm sorry. I just got a text. Just give me a sec. Um, that I needed to check. I didn't mean to. I can go, I'll go into the endings um, in a little bit because there are actually, it's more complicated than just two endings. Apparently there is actually a lot more. Um, Sorry, I'm uh, sorry about that. No worries. Um, No worries. Yeah, so I I, I saw it in a theater. I, I don't think there were many other people in the theater and they didn't seem to be enjoying it. From what I remember, uh, yeah, I, I saw it. It was not a, it, there was not a screening of it. I was actually going to review it uh, for, yeah, for a publication. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't end up doing that because I couldn't figure out quite what I wanted to say, um, which has never, ever happened before. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I saw it and I enjoyed it, but I was like, I was really kind of, shook by it like by you know even as someone who watches a lot of horror movies i just um it very much has the and we'll get into this i mean it's it's weird you already mentioned uh saw the saw series earlier like yeah this has a lot more torture porn uh Mm -hmm. like elements in it and it's um yeah i mean i think it's smartly with a few small exceptions that kind of stay away from Lily lingering on that stuff. Uh, like when he first is looking at the, uh, yeah, at the, at the videos on the um, computer. But yeah, so I, I saw it two years ago, liked it. Um, I think I probably felt like it was a little much when I first saw it. If I remember correctly, I had heard about that ending thing and was very annoyed that I couldn't find another way to watch it <laughs> uh, without going again. And then I rewatched last night and uh, really liked it with some small balls. Yeah, um, I guess I'll just go into the ending. Th- oh, okay, I'll wait, but because there's, fuck it, I'll just do it now. Um, <laughs> I, I just had a whole conversation in my head about it. Um, so there are actually, in total, four different endings. Um, there, so the story is two were released in theaters. Each theater was most, I, I guess most theaters were given two separate film films. Um, and they were supposed to give an, like given instructions of just like, you know, pick one every other day or like, just like some mm-hmm. random shit like that. But just... Yes, there are two different film, two different endings in theaters. Um, and that ending was, so the first, the original, like this, this is the ending is um, like the ca- canonical ending, so to speak, uh, is 
him getting hit by the van on the bike. Everyone voting no. Mm-hmm. Second ending. Um, in the alternate the ending, Matthias texts Amaya to meet him where they shared their kiss, like in the first one. He arrives at the site. He doesn't like get hit by the bicycle, only to find a hole in the ground with an open casket before a Sharon knocks him over. Um, the, the cabal people. Amaya arrives and calls out Matthias, who is awoken by his phone. He realizes that he's been buried alive and tries to text Amaya. But the circle changes all of his messages. When he attempts to video chat, the circle pixelates his mouth so Amaya cannot read his lips. Matthias' fate is left unknown at the film ends before Amaya even realizes the situation. Basically, she's buried alive and he probably dies that way. I mean, Amaya has no idea and she is so... It seems to be spared since she had no nothing... Uh, she had no idea what was going on. There are two DVD endings. Um, I watched all of these on video uh, on YouTube. They are not available officially. They're all rips, but what are you going to do? Um, the first DVD ending, Matthias texts uh, Amaya to meet him where they share their kiss. She arrives while several hidden Sharons film her. Just as Matthias arrives, the Sharons come out of hiding, restrain the duo, and launch a poll to decide their fate, like in the first ending. Uh, a majority of the members vote no, but then the then the main Sharon guy who's controlling the computer rewinds and shows like him pleading, like in the earlier pleading, like you know, I'll do anything to me, but leave, leave him, let him live, and so and so called and seemingly gains the sympathy of the voters. So they say vote yes, and they let them live, and they basically release them and they embrace. And then I think the film just ends up ends with Erica waking up in Matthias's apartment, the girl with the hole in her head. But apparently they're just safe. They're like, they're spared. Uh, and they just hug at the end. The second ending is uh, Matthias locates the warehouse where Sharon's took Amaya. So again, he's not hit by the car, but Amaya is kidnapped. Um, she has nowhere to be found and all hope seems to be lost. He finds a revolver on the floor and appears to begin contemplating suicide. As Sharon launches a poll for the circle to de- debate whether Matthias will kill himself. The film ends before he makes the decision. Those are the four different endings. And, but the, what they're, the, the canonical is him getting hit by the car. And that's the one on streaming? Yes. That's how yeah. I watched it. Um, and that's how the director... In, the director basically said there, we just shot a whole, four different endings and, we, and they were used for test screenings. And I guess they just... The second one... I, I don't even know if he was actually made aware that Blumhouse was going to send the second one to theaters. He kind of was like, uh, that shouldn't be there. It was in test readings. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So um, weird. But yeah, that's the, those are the four endings. Um, first ending, I, can we all agree the first ending's better? Like the original, like the him getting hit by the car? <clears throat> I think there's... The Buried Alive one seems interesting, but besides that. Yeah. Right. I think there's also... I see it as a bit of a catharsis, too. Um, Which one? Not because... Uh, we're doing are we talking about ending a yeah okay yeah yeah um i i think that there is a bit of catharsis in that not because i think matthias is repulsive but i think i I think i i think none of these i don't think any of these people are repulsive to me that unlike the unfriended um yeah characters i think that he he made a series of decisions that are human 
and that just obviously it spiraled from blaming it on game night to stealing the computer for for um extra ram um but seeing him get his comeuppets then signals like okay the bad people are taking care of they're like folding laundry that they also got dirty and it's like in a sense you feel as though i don't All want the, there's no more loose ties um yeah it's a finality yeah. to it there's there's uh uh the book is closed the Nothing loop was is left closed. open right yeah, yeah, yeah. metaphors mm-hmm. i can get that it is kind of like i mean i i find it maybe it's might be like um it's satisfying because you don't want the guy living after this not because like he's a horrible person just like i don't want him living through life after what just happened <laughs> like that's something that seems horrible um right. yeah but we are talking about meanness and this is definitely mean this is a mean movie because it kills a lot of innocent people um and it has quote-unquote fun while doing it it's not like fetishist like it doesn't fetishize like these like innocent people being killed but it doesn't shy like it does it doesn't have necessarily a problem with it it doesn't feel like oh man we really did that it's more of like yeah let's just let's do it right yeah it's it's not a movie that wrestles with itself yeah no not necessarily um but i think each death is pretty good i mean like i think it's hard to say because like unfriended has Four di- like the first one has very like different distinct in like you know different deaths. I mean they all commit suicide in very different ways. In this, it's kind of just like I think you said earlier about Michael about how it's 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 scope oriented. Like they they op- they open it up to other avenues. Um, so each one feels pretty unique. Um, even though if it's it's not like some crazy final destination kill like you know um i mean there's so many that are good but it, it's it, it's a little more simpler than that but it still feels inventive enough for it to be kind of like engaging mm-hmm. yeah um, it definitely feels more orchestrated than that than that first one like you know even when you have um sorry when you have you know, uh, Betty Gabriel, uh, Nari's character, you know, thrown in front of the train. You, you have uh, Lex pushed off the top of the building. Like, like those things are, it, it strikes a good balance between like incidental and, you know, they're always watching. Like, I, I, I think that stuff is, um, is, is good. And, and I think it, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think I think again, I I think Koi makes a good point that it's not uh, fetishistic because I, I and again I think I'd go back to it doesn't really linger on much of that violence and mm-hmm. the moment I think it does with um with uh sorry not Amber um Amaya uh, Erica no with, with Erica, Erica oh, with, yeah. the, with the trepanation Ooh. I think How many is, vowels in these names yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of a um, a less interesting moment. I, I think when this, I someone I saw someone make a great point. I think it was uh, Steve Carlson. Yeah, Steve Carlson on um, Letterbox. As he was saying that, like 
oddly almost in the original Unfriended, all of the violence has this comic tinge. Like it, it doesn't mean that it's not brutal or not affecting, but there's always something, you know, kind of manic about that. And that's like, yeah, like the blender is even. very much a yeah. wacky choice. Yeah. Yeah. These, these deaths feel sudden. Like yeah. um, something that's, um, it's not like it's giving <clears throat> the characters time to grieve and process, but it's, but it's like because it's not a curling iron in your mouth, <laughs> it's it's yeah. like the audience is giving like, ooh, okay, so she's off the roof of the building now, <laughs> and um, they also seem preventable. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's also a difference because the first one is they're dead, like there's like they're possessed. There's no way they kill themselves. It's just that's just the end of the day. And the second one, like Betty Gabriel puts up a fight when, you know, that guy starts to push her. And one, if she made that one one more correct move, he could have fallen off and she could have survived. Or like, you know, just um, Damon being a little more prepared for whoever would come in. Uh, AJ not going up the stairs, (laughs) just staying down low. just lied down. Yeah, seriously. AJ's Um, a pimp, but, you know, what are you going to do? I don't like AJ. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't like AJ. No, I, I personally like knew an AJ at my school, <clears throat> but it's this. It's like almost grading kind of guy, you know. Where it's like if you like, there's something about you that is kind of lovable, even though you're you're like spewing nonsense. <laughs> at least as, as he's written. Was but, he a flat earther? <laughs> yes, but <laughs> oh boy, um, everyone loved him. <laughs> yeah, oh my. I just thought of. <clears throat> oh my god, I don't know I if like this is on purpose. I, I don't know. It's like I don't. There's, there's I don't, some. There's some way that that AJ character isn't annoying. Like, and 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 since I knew an AJ, it's like he wasn't annoying. And there's some, you know, there's there's something he's doing where it's like. You're, it's not like you're making sense, but it's like, you're, you're like kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this was on purpose, but AJ, I just thought about it. Um, Alex Jones. Huh? Do you, do you think there's something there? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just, uh, I just thought about it. Cause that's what that kind of dude reminds me of. I mean, I guess a more a liberal Alex Jones, but like still like, that's just kind of, and I just, AJ, oh my God. Okay. If they did that on purpose, props to them. If they didn't, fuck me. Um, no, I mean, I, I mean, they have like topical references. I mean, you think about the fact that like the opening thing where um, he's trying to guess, uh, where Matthias is trying to guess the password, you know, he does like. And you see Kofi Burn. Yeah, Kofi uh, Feel oh, the so Burn 2020. I loved it. Like that stuff, you know. And I guess maybe you could say those things are going to date it like 10 years from now. You're going to be like, what's Kofi Seriously, It feels dated now. Hell, it feels dated. Like, Kofi yeah. feels like dated now. Oh, yes. It's, God. And Ugh. Cards Against Humanity is, is very like yes. mid to late 2010s. I found and very it, much. And it so. has like, that was, such, that a was such a tint. Like, too. That was so popular. Even, even like being on the cusp of adulthood, I remember being like, Guys, we're gonna play the adult game tonight. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> steal cards against humanity from my mom's room. Sure. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like that was so taboo. Yeah, that no, was from my friend group. 
I, I think again, and this might be a little bit of projection, but I think it's fascinating too that like Cards Against Humanity, it has this certain like, you know, it has this certain like hipster taboo quality to totally. it. And, and I think yeah. it's, I think it's partly because, you know, the controversy around people like Max Temkin, but like, it, it's also, and like, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have been keeping up. There was a Polygon. Yeah, it's a Polygon story. Yeah. A month heard, ago. It's pretty fucked up. Oh, holy shit. Uh, that place. Okay. But uh, anyway. Um, Yuck. Yeah. So like that, that already has like such a different tint, but I, I do mm-hmm. think it's then really interesting that they play with that when they're trying to keep up the trade that everything's yeah. okay. And like, like what, and once they, they're like, they're playing like, like nothing is going on. <laughs> Like that scene I love how bad is, they're at it too. Yes, yes, yes. They're it's so, so bad tense, at it. but it's hysterical. So it's like you you are forced to laugh, even though it's like uh, like nervous laughter. Sure. And um, uh, I, I that scene was just brilliant and hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I think, and, and yeah. I, I love the. Sorry, I was just gonna say real quick, like the the Nari, the fact where she's just outside the frame, and you can see her holding serena's hand and yes I, I and you know like some kind there's of a whole scene there there's a whole scene in like a different movie where it's not a found footage movie where they have this intimate back and forth like no i love you i love you don't do this like be safe blah blah, blah. you don't hear any of that you just see their bodies you could yes. even say that it's like as if that is the mitch and blair texting off of the skype call that yeah. that version that that does their form of community. I mean, I suppose it's differences there. They're they're, in, they're yeah. in the same room, but um, yes, but it's like that's their just form of communication. Yeah, I was seeing someone say that like if you do another one of these, you can't can't do it on a laptop anymore. I mean, you have to do it Snapchat. You have to do you know TikTok. Like uh, I, I, I'm sounding so old saying this stuff, mm-hmm. but my point being is you have to do it on a you have to do it on a phone. Like even you can't this. use Facebook. That's for sure. No, you cannot use Facebook in like I mean 2018. They were stretching it. Yeah, I don't know if you guys uh, knew, but actually this week Shutter has a has a film called Host, which is entirely on on Zoom. I believe. Did they make um, this during quarantine? I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel I like that would be a thing it. they did. Um, but I, I, I know someone who watched it and they said it was good. So I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely, I'm definitely interested to check it out. But um, yeah, it is interesting, especially in quarantine. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about this, but I mean, this is how we record our podcast. This is how all our podcasts are really being recorded now is via Zoom, sure. it's video conferencing, it's Skype, blah, blah, blah. So these are some interesting movies to watch right now. Um, especially how, like in the first one, it feels like they're quarantined. Like they, like that, how, they're all talking like, you know, in the second one, it makes sense because they're all over the place, but like how they're like, oh, they're not in the same house and they have, and they're always available to Skype or something. Like they, you call them and they yeah. all like answer just out of the blue. It just feels like they're all quarantined. So that was interesting. Um, uh, well, but yeah, no, um, the second one, I think, uh, shit, I just lost track of everything. Unfriended quarantine. That'd be interesting. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the dark web, I think, utilizes the tech more and i think it's because it's more tech-based film um i think it has fun with it i mean the whole river thing is like i mean it's kind of laughable but it's it's still like it's so goofy i'm still like engaged like the like how the desk like the fucking wallpaper is this like moves and it it is actually kind of engrossing terminal comes up yeah it's 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 fun 
I do think that there is something that it it does get at because like I like I was talking about before it's like we we know it's we know that they an organization is there like doing shady online business and bitcoin is something that we vaguely know about but is so complicated that we don't bother looking into and um (laughs) and because it's something that is present um and it's like a an example of what can happen when dealt with the wrong hands I, i think that it's it becomes much more effective um because it's like okay the the things that we do not want to see are finally being shown uh for me and it's like like yeah it's like the bad it's like oh yeah the bad side of youtube does that ring a bell with you guys yeah Mm. yeah i I think you're i I think you're right too i'm just thinking of an interesting scene when you mentioned the blockchain bitcoin thing how you have damon and aj doing the math at the same Mm -hmm. time and and like i think there's something it's maybe not poignant but i think it's it's sharp there that this conspiracy theorist and this person who's very yes. much on this tech side yes there is an intersection here yeah. it, it, mm-hmm. obviously not it's like a man of faith and a man of science kind of situation yeah 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 i mean like some of those superstitions you have are dumb as shit but some <laughs> of them have a grain of truth like urban legends didn't come from nowhere like it's mm-hmm. and, and that's that's what i kind of like about this too uh I, a, I was barely a horror film, but like the science fiction film, The Vast of Night this year. Yeah. talks about a lot as a Twilight Zone film or Twilight mm-hmm. Zone style riff. And I think it's way more interesting to think of as like a campfire story of Americana. And this isn't like Americana oh. um, in, uh, you know, Dark Web's not Americana. Like it's, it's <laughs> a lot less specific than that, but I still nonetheless think that there's something really sharp about the fact that you're getting this computer you know nothing about you're you know you're learning slowly that like hey this facebook profile looks weird i i like the fact that for instance oh he just has automatic like it took me a second to realize that i'm i was like why the fuck is he getting automatic notifications and i'm like oh of course the computer's getting automatic notifications yeah, right. for facebook it, it's like those things that like it, it, it's almost like it it's almost overwhelming as like a status quo so like the entire notion that like yeah it's dumb as fuck that he looks up Sharon and like you know it, <laughs> mispronounces the river stags but <laughs> that was really fucking funny like you have a college education you know what that yeah. is don't fuck around we see the college pictures we know where you've been yeah but like, but that's but that's the thing, and I see people pick at that stuff, and I'm like, I feel like you guys are missing the point because it then it gets mm-hmm. the stuff right that like, they're typing way faster when the tension is up. Like, you see rhythms in how people are talking to each other. You see the way people are pausing. You see people being like, "Where'd you go?" Like, you were here. You're not. Like, you see people being like, "I asked you a question." Like, there's constant feedback that like even if some of those jumps feel 
like, you know, an adult writing a teen, it, it seems like it also understands a lot how people like exist moment to moment mm-hmm. at this, at this, uh, yeah, moment to moment. There's nothing left in the air. It's not like someone said this crazy thing and then it's just ignored. Like it's all kind of like, it's like instantly connected to like, it does feel like it's, these films for some reason are hard for me to understand, like to wrap around like, oh, this is a different cut. Like this is, you know, it kind of feels all in one shot because it feels so simultaneous and like, and it just keeps going. I mean, it is a short movie, but doesn't feel like, oh, they're, you know, they stopped for lunch right there. You know what I mean? Like it's, they, you know, there's this hard cut of when they stopped filming for that moment. It just feels sure. so continuous that it's hard because it, it just moves and it reacts off of every, which like of everything. I mean, these movies kind of are kind of made to make sure that there's no fat on them. Um, well, the first like, film was yeah. actually, I, I just checked. It was actually shot in one take, which is crazy. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> the first film. Yeah, there's there's a story out there about how they did it. That but, makes... Yeah. I mean, that ma- the buffering would make way more sense then. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, Birdman was weird. shot one take, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird, too, because the den, you know, I said it was like chat roulette, and it was kind of mm-hmm. weird because it, like, they fucking felt like real people, and you saw, like, multiple dicks and everything, and it Oh, go back to the weird thing of <laughs> going on chat roulette when we were drunk and yes. in college. I, I, for, I forgot to mention I that, but no idea why. chat roulette was really cleverly used. Yes. Um, <laughs> definitely like Omegle is the new is the new thing where it's like... Oh, really? Just... <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, yeah, I've never used like... chat roulette, so I'm out of my element too. <laughs> That's Yeah, that was definitely like if we're bored, then... Like what's the worst that can happen? We're we're only video chatting with strangers. It's not like anything's happening. Um, and now like I I haven't used Omegle as much, but that's that's like the the newer version. It's like somewhere. I will say one tech thing is people are like, why the fuck did she go to chat roulette instead of just like Facebook messages? It's it's true. Like, there was so it's many true. easier things it's to true. do. <laughs> I d- that is true. Like, that is true. We need a chat roulette. We need a chat roulette um, reference in here. God damn it! I did like. like I did. Laura, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it though. Maybe Laura would sense. basically. Maybe the idea would Laura would mess with the messages to make sure it wasn't sent out or whatever. I don't know. Yes. Um, spirits be crazy. Um, I do like. Um, I do. You know, there is a thing about how sometimes things can be used as a gimmick. People's identity, people, part of people's identities, can be used as a gimmick. But I did appreciate the. I, I did appreciate the inclusion of a deaf character in the second one, and I think Amaya is actually like. I think the actress is really. I think she's good as well. Like, um, and she is actually deaf. Certainly, so the performances are elevated. Um, yes, true, and she probably and has that's, the hardest. That's something we can all. Uh, collectively agree on besides the lead she probably has the hardest job to do the hardest thing you know hardest job out of anyone i would think um but i i think i i appreciated that i think that was i don't know i it might be kind of an accent it might have been also like a crutch for plot stuff but like i i appreciated it in its own way i i think again uh, uh, you know in the same way I mean, not in the exact same, but analogous to how they use Laura Barnes, it's a prop. It's a prop that they used for It is everything. a prop. Mm-hmm. And it is a prop, but 
in its own way, it's also <laughs> progressive. Uh, you know, yeah. I, it, but by virtue of us not seeing it, it, it you know, it, everything kind of revolves around that. But I also think it was clever. I, I mean, uh, Blumhouse also put out uh, Hush, if either of you guys saw mm-hmm. that, which was entirely the Flanagan. Yeah, I think that that was Flanagan. Yeah, um, yeah. And there's been a there's been a few things. Um, uh, he did he did Oculus as well. Yeah, but um, I'm trying to think of the one. Um, sorry, where, where it's a blind man and they try to rob him. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. That's with Fetty Alvarez. Yes, yes, yes. He did evil. The evil dead. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and you know what? Um, you know what's a bit uh, in that realm is like. Um, what's the Audrey Hepburn one? Uh, wait until dark. Wait until dark. Yeah, yeah. That that one's yeah. really good. Or she's blind. Yes. Yeah. Trying to get all the. Like, yeah. Alan Arkin steals from her. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, but the the Amaya thing is is interesting, and and I think, I think some of that stuff hits pretty well too about ASL. Like I, I, I particularly like that you know he went to one class and the, like the possibility of a teacher saying it's going to be really hard like that, yes that's, yes that's oddly convincing in a way they didn't need it to be mm-hmm. as Matthias tells us many times that he went to one class <laughs> but but even like I I guess it it's also again uh, another example of like narrativizing your life but the fact that like he has that like really maudlin youtube video that he's watching of them together and it's like it's cute but it's also totally representative of the fact that like that doesn't require deep communication that doesn't account for what the rest of their life is going to be oh yeah exactly it Um, feels real which is hard to say for a lot of these kind of slasher films i mean the romances are always like so like i mean it's you're they're batting a 10. Like, I, I don't know. Like, the romances sure. and final and like slasher films usually suck, but this one actually works. Yeah. Me. Right. I'm not sure that because we're in a horror movie that romance is the priority, but here it is surprisingly a base hit. Um, yeah, it's true. And otherwise, what, what um, might have been uh, less, less than a superior. So. Yeah, she's inferior, not really a some would say. I think it's smart too that she's not really a damsel in distress. Um, yeah, right. She's, not she's just typical... like unknowing. Yeah. Yeah, she's not. She's not. I guess that's what a damsel in distress too. is. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 I, I, no. You're. You're totally right. I mean, that's like, you know, they very easily could have done what they do to her roommate. Uh, Amaya's roommate. Yeah. Right. Where it's like she's just she's in the warehouse for the whole movie. Yeah, and that's uh, that's right. not this and i think it's smarter and stupid <laughs> mm-hmm. true yeah it's the beauty of this movie it's smart and stupid yeah like you need to yeah you need to believe some things that don't quite make sense um i do love I though know. how the <laughs> i i do love how the movie because a lot of these times in these kind of horror films when it's supposedly these, you know, random group of people that there's always this one incredibly smart one who can solve everything and who actually, you know, this, this like, you know, this, uh, 
this plan B who can, you know, solve it all and w- win the day or whatever. I love how the film's like, no, nah, they had no idea what was happening and they were dumb as fuck. We just, you know, we totally, we totally fooled them and we won at the end of the day. Like the idea of how Damon is just like, oh, I figured out your fucking game. I knew what you were doing. I, I screamed all this the out. whole thing, Mike. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I had this insurance all laid out. Then he realized, oh no, like they all, they I mean, that's the beauty of this movie is like the password being a question mark. Like I saw that. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, let's be honest here. And then it's like, nah, they wanted to make, like they wanted to be dummy for dummies. Like they just Auto like, fell hackers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They just were like, oh yeah. You know, this was made for them. This was made for a dummy to participate in, and they yeah. and it worked. And I, I kind of, I enjoy that. It's a twist that. Yeah, I was gonna say, do we work. like that? I'll say you've seen Escape Room, haven't you, Michael? Yeah, this that is movie's a fun better, for a while. <laughs> yeah, this is a better then, version yeah. of Escape Room. It's, yes, I mean I it's not the that. same thing, but do you under you get what I'm saying? I don't want to spoil it since we're not talking about yeah. Nerve is also something I thought about. Mm-hmm. I think... Oh, was that I Dave think... Franco? Yes. Yes. Oh. I like Dave Franco. Um, yeah. Better than his brother. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, um, I think this is a better version of... Like, I don't know. I think the twist works. And I think also the twist works because it doesn't feel... I don't know. It doesn't feel like they have like the like the thing with Escape Room is that it. I mean, it is a crazy ass twist. Like this movie kind of has one, but it and implausibility is always a dumb thing to kind of talk about. But it feels so like out of left field that it feels jarring and kind of just like yeah. we weren't prepared for this. And this kind of just feels like you're just throwing your dick on the table and just asking us what we think about it. And we're like, I, I, I what? This feels so off. I don't know. But like this one, it kind of feels like it's not like this huge ever. It's not like these people control the world. Yeah, I mean they are a cabal, but it's not like the president yeah. of the United States is just kind of like I was in on it too. It it feels more right, right. It's not like Damon was like, "Well, guys, we got him." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like how? Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. If like Damon was in on it, then I would kind of be like, "Fuck this shit." But like, <laughs> yeah. honestly, it was just kind. It just feels like yes, it's like a cabal, but it's not like the cabal controls the world it just has a lot of it just has his fingers and a lot of pies right right they have connections mediates uh, yeah I, I think it mediates that too because i think there's an interesting idea and i, I feel like it's something some other things have explored like um Olivier demon lover and the den which i didn't really like but keep going back to which, which <laughs> literally ends with uh, a person being murdered and um going back to a desktop where this very like buttoned up white bread picket fence dad is taking out his credit card to buy a snuff or a hundred hour snuff film. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, I, anyway, I think that there is, I, I think this mediates an interesting thing between that idea that like, remember anonymous exists guys. <laughs> and like, yeah. and also, you know, there's also, I don't think everyone is this hacker. I I don't think everyone is this, like, you know, as much as it's a cabal and as much as they call themselves, like, corny things like the circle, you know, I don't think they're staging coups. Yeah, it's not like John Wick, New York, where everyone's an assassin. (laughs) 
I mean, I love those no. movies and I love that that world, but it it's it isn't that just where like, oh, apparently everyone's cool with all of this. Everyone knows everyone's in on it. And and yeah, just the possibility that they're orchestrating the death of of these people and like I, I don't know. Maybe this just makes me a dummy, but like I'm, I'm just not bothered by the jumps this makes for the most part. No, like, I'm not either. Like I, the I usually hospital, am not the, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, but like I, I, I guess that's the, I, I guess that's just the the thing that ultimately I like about that. And I already mentioned uh, uh, Matthias's actor. Um, uh, sorry, uh, Matthias's actor, um, Colin Woodrow. I had it right in front of me. Jesus, Colin Woodrow. <laughs> uh, like I, I already mentioned him, and I think again, um, if we're speaking of that last scene, which I think again is like, I, I, I think he perfectly communicates this. I also think the girl that plays Serena is really good too. Sorry. Yeah, no, she's good. Too. No, no, please. Um, yeah, what I was saying, though, is I think the reason that ending works, that A ending, is because his incredulity at what's happening and realizing how fucked he is and just the inevitability of that. Like, that was another thing I was seeing right. people. Like, I was I was reading some ringer thing, and someone was, like, so condescending about the fact that, like, uh, someone was just standing in the street with a bike, and I was like, Right, I saw that a few. Context. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, but, like how would you um, react to your whole world being demolished in your very yes. in front of you? You would be kind of frozen. There'd be a little bit of shell shock in this. Situation. It wouldn't be like, oh, I'm in the middle of the road. Oh, geez, I'm so sorry. I just saw my best friend be murdered. Just give me a second. Me a second. Do you think that, like, do you think it'd be funny if if he was just like there was a car coming and it stopped and he was like, he gave oh yeah, show. sorry, the white guy sorry. smile and he's like, sorry. Um, so get out <laughs> i'll go i'll go and then you can okay thanks yeah he gave like the one finger thanks so much thanks so what much, do sorry. we think of matthias like blaming it on game night where he's just like i set it up it was like it's like the movie game night where he's where it's like I love how Chandler. It's, it's like i do love how it's game night because game night has like two twists in it and this had kind of like two twists in a sense like, can we just like, like do game night right after this this would be fun um I did. There is a difference, and they came out in the same year too, of twenty eighteen. They did. I love that movie. Um, I liked it. I don't know. I kind of. I like. I also. I mean. I think Damon rea- Damon's reaction kind of sells it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's just like, is. "What if one person chooses this this corresponding and decision?" I, I think it's because he's the expert, and so he and so it kind of feels legitimizing. Like, oh, if he believes it, of course they'll believe it. You know what I mean? Right. I sure. Know. And then uh, Nari's suspicions, of course. Because Betty beans. Gabriel knows better than everyone, and it's the truth. <laughs> and you can even blame it on some of the the downfall of the Frank group, where it's just like because not everybody believed him, and, he, and it's just like, well, they would. I'm been not saying anyway. right. Of course, I'm not saying the lives would have been saved, but um, it's human. Yeah, it's just, it's just like yeah, said, it's, yeah. It's human. Doesn't AJ to make a, a terribly timed joke there too, in the same way right <laughs> after the engagement? ring conversation I, I think he has another terrible oh yes he, so so basically he he makes a joke about how or like so there's this touching moment with serena's like yeah my mom's in the hospital and side note 
when I was in the, I, when, I, when I was watching the movie, I'm like, okay, that seems like a lot. That seems like a little much. Right. I'm just right. like, yeah, terminally ill mom. And then I, I understand why. A bit more characterization later. over here. Like, yeah. there's a dimension added. And like, but then when they unplug her, I'm like, oh, that's why she had cancer. That makes sense. Like, so, so they could kill her in a hospital. Right. Um, but yeah. he then says, yeah, my dog died once. It sucked. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it was really, really funny. Oh, really funny. Man. I wasn't too sad to see him get blown away. Oh, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, and just I think it's only because I knew an AJ. It's it's only because like I have a little bit of like I killed my right. AJ. So I guess that's that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, right. Did you spot him? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not that evil. Was it um, at okay. game night? Oh, swatting. That's the thing. Swatting. That's, it also kind of touches into that because yeah. 2018 swatting was like a real thing. Like people were kind of like, you know, the, the Twitch was literally the place to swap people. <laughs> it was just, it was, I, and I don't know if that's gotten any better, but I know that was like at the height of it with swatting. Yeah. I know. Um, I, know a so, I mean, like that's what got a tip that they were going to be swatted and it didn't, it didn't happen, but like he was terrified and there were like cops right outside. Jesus. Yeah. Fuck man. Hmm. Um, and so like, but this being a little more elaborate and how it's built up is, I, I can't, I, I don't know who wrote this, but it, it did feel like a, giant, a final destination kill. It just felt like, oh, it's, you know, we'll add a little here, here, here. It's all the dominoes lining up. That's the beauty of final mm-hmm. destination is you see everything happening in front of your eyes. It's not this mystery of like this bowling ball comes over here. You see the build up to all of it. And so this is, and that's why I think this, like that, that kill is just it, it's it's really cool. Um, I, I I enjoy it a lot. Um, it enjoys you know what I mean. Fuck yeah, these movies. <laughs> yeah, and the character behavior for both of them is very instinctual. And there's something mm. and while one person while the viewer's instincts may not align with the character's instincts, there is something quite natural about that. Mm-hmm. That you can you can be like that is your gut and your brain making these decisions and maybe not your heart. Um, it's like the two sides of your brain a little bit. It's like these things are happening at such a rapid pace, and I think it, it could be different for um, for different heart for this specific desk. Are we calling it desktop horror, or it's like because yeah. you're in front of one screen um, and a few. Uh, keys on a keyboard and you you have one mouse like the, your options are so limited but you have the entire internet at your disposal so and it goes back to the thing of like the viewer is even more helpless than any other movie um you're even more uncomfortable than watching a john cassavetes movie you know it's mm-hmm. something that is wholly unique and could only be done right now and um, because the internet is still so new, right? Um, we have Comparatively, so many, yeah. Comparing, yeah, right. Um, it, it's kind of like the '90s, where it's just like there's this thing called email. Like, where where does it go? Like, that's just what I've been told. But it's this mysterious um, object that yeah. is like people. I mean, yeah, it, it it's mythologized in its own right. I mean, we were talking about earlier about like um, like how does PayPal just hold my money, right? It's, it's true. Yeah. Um, but like myths are, are <laughs> um, like technology has its own mythology to it and its own 
when we were talking, like we were talking in the, about the first one, and this might be going back to the first one, but like how we're talking about how sometimes we can't go back to the first one. No, I, I refuse. Can't, can't. We can't do it. Um, the first one, like, has like it's technologically kind of spooky sometimes. Like when you can't, like, how technology is kind of spooky when you can't close something. There, you can't find this button, or you know, it won't exit. Or it's out, like how Mike no brought up earlier the, the pinball, the beach, exactly. the beach ball. Yeah, like I remember in middle school how like Xbox, you know, like all of my friends had Xbox 360s or whatever, and like, and so it, this is getting somewhere. Um, and so like you know, we would we were dumb middle kid dumb uh, middle, uh, middle school kids who would just talk about Call of Duty all the time or whatever. Um, and then, but like there would be times when, we, when like someone mentioned the red wheel of death, which is if you had ever had an Xbox 360, is yeah. that near the power button, there, it's a red, red wheel. A red ring, thank you. Um, and we talked about it like it was the fucking, boogie, fucking boogeyman. Yeah. Like we were, like, legitimately like people like, <gasps> The red, like, like it felt like this. I don't know. It's totally different than like you know the, uh, again like the uh, monster hiding under your uh, hiding under your bed. But it still felt like this ghost story of oh yeah, your technology can really do some weird fucking shit. And so I got the I red mean, ring of death the day I got Halo <gasps> Three. Oh, 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 God. Like this reaction we have, like it feels like devastating because for some reason, I mean, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But the thing is, technology has this innate mythology to it because we don't know why the red ring of death, like not many people know, well, why does the red ring appear? We just know it means it's done, it's fucked or whatever. Sure. Like we don't know how there's my some... phone is broken or whatever. It's yeah, all this maybe... mystery that we kind of just project onto what we think is happening you can also go down the avenue that technology is like it's like our baby it's our pet we've paid a a disgusting amount of money to own a piece of technology we do everything for it on it we rely on it every day for better for worse and whether it be a phone uh, a gaming console computer television uh toaster you know something breaking like that it can send us into a frenzy um, because we're like, we, even if we have a solution, there is just like this, this like sinking feeling that it's like, do not fail me because I do not fully understand you. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, at the very beginning, Matthias's computer um, had that message pop up like Safari uh, quit unexpectedly, report or ignore. And it's just like, yeah, that's 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 a great like uh, strike one kind of signal. Yeah, like something's wrong. Like there, there's something going on. But I've we've all gotten that right. So it's like mm-hmm. nothing sus yet. Yeah, it all feels relatable, even though it's such a high concept thing. I think it's just because of like the grounding of the film feels familiar. You know, it's on a desktop. We're all on desktops. We're on desktop right this second. It all, you know, it kind of just. You, would, I think that's the reason why these films never lose me is because I'm always brought back to we're on a computer screen. <laughs> I think, yeah. and it, it's sometimes it's just as simple as that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to shout out for the dark web before we start wrapping things up? Um, I would just say I think that this is a little bit echoing what I was or parroting what I was saying earlier, but I just think that there is a way to make all of this stuff feel 
too much like you're leading the audience to it. And I mm-hmm. think, again, what makes these films work beyond all of what you guys are saying is just that it it just feels in the moment and instinctual, instinctual and, uh, you know, it's it's reactive, but it's also like, you know, it's it's curious in a way that a lot of horror movies don't quite get to be like, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, you know, uh, you know, whether you're going to like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series or something like, you know, it's like, oh, we're in uh, Leatherface's house. We're just waiting for that moment that, you know, everyone's just going to become lambs to the slaughter. And like, yeah, <laughs> in a way that's this too, but it's also like, you're in a place that's ostensibly familiar. You know, he's on Facebook. It's another person's account. But, like, he immediately knows, okay, why are all these women, like, where's the plane tickets? Um, like, it's, they're, it's immediate yellow and red flags. Like, it's a different breed of <laughs> uh, dramatic irony. Yeah. Like, we haven't experienced dramatic irony that, we, like, the house in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is just, like, another version of a Facebook profile that we don't recognize but at the same time, we we know what a Facebook profile is. Like we know how to access, send friend requests and photos and um, write on a write on wall, the sure. wall. I'm calling it the, the wall. timeline. Yeah, <laughs> we know the vocab. We're cool, and Very cool. because of that, it um, it lends itself, and uh, the filmmakers can rely on the viewers to have preconceived notions. Totally agree. Um, yeah, I, I think this. Um, I do like how kind of. I mean, it does show some stuff, but it's not full out saw. Like, I think it's. I like. I like how they talk about the what was it trepidation or what, what, trepidation. The, trep. Yeah, that thing where they drill <laughs> a fucking hole in someone's head. I like yeah. the description of that because it's scary, and we can. We're left. I mean, the whole fucking gimmick or the the basic saying of oh your imagination will always be scarier than what you see i, I don't think that's always true but in th- those kind of concepts i kind of do um i mm-hmm. think i like i don't need to see it and so like the gag at the end with her you know it's it's kind of a fun reveal but it does feel like i didn't need it it felt unnecessary um it, it's a little too clean so to speak um like it just kind of ties a bow for once on it's a tell don't show right True. Um, I do, but I do like the idea of like, you know, you see someone in a barrel, you see someone about to pour something on this girl in this ditch and, but you don't like really see the extent of it. I do like that more because it feels. At least Nari shuts that shit down. No. Yeah. I mean, and and that also feels real because like, no, yeah, they're not going to stand by and watch this. This is awful. Yeah. Like go go through every single one. I like a, I like them just kind of keeping it from us. We you know we're not going to really tell you why. Like, what's the purpose of any of this? We're just going to like we're, we're going to keep you at arm's length. You're just going to have to imagine what that's for and who and what fetish that fulfills, um, which I think is more effective. Um, I mean, I like I think those soft I think soft films are interesting in in a weird way, but like they are definitely those kind of movies where that's what you're going there for is to see all of it. But I don't think that every, most horror movies should not be that. So I think I like, I like the idea of this reservation of just like, yes, it's really fucked up, but like, you don't need to see it really. Like you just need to see the built up to it. Mm 
Um, I think that's more effective um, usually. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, just want to say one more thing about, so this film, so the reason why we may not get a third one of these is because this film dropped off so hard at the box office. The second, the dark, so the first one, the first one fretted cost a million. These both cost a million a piece. Uh, marketing, I'm not sure. But the first one fretted made 50 million opening weekend domestic. So that's 15 times its budget. And worldwide, at the end of its uh, run, made 62 million worldwide. Dark Web made 16 million worldwide, period. Mm-hmm. That's literally its entire box office run. Um, and it was in the, in that, in the first one made almost that domestic on its opening weekend. So there was this huge drop off. And I was like, well, I, and I was kind of confused because I guess maybe, I don't know if the first one was really well received by the quote unquote normies, but like I, and I wasn't sure. And of course, so. yes, well, you, you beat me to it because um, they, so for the first uh, Unfriended, they, in, you, I think, do we all know what cinema score is? Yes. Initial audience reaction. So this one got a C for the first one, got a C on its opening weekend, which is in cinema score terms, very bad, especially for a broad horror movie is very bad. Um, And the second one also got a C. So I think it was just more of like, and I, and for the first one, I think it was maybe how mean it was, which turned audiences off. Um, And which would be kind of strange because the Saw movies, are also kind of pretty gnarly and mean, but I guess there was not that gratification and that twist that the first one might have felt too much for people. I don't know. I think the I think that ending for some reason probably bothered people because like it it was it didn't solve everything in a nice little bow. And it's like know. with the Saw movies, there's always invention where it's like, oh, how is how is this person gonna get out of the the head cage or like the mm-hmm. the bed of nails you know and, and yeah. with this it's just at least with dark web and in, in its case it's just like so they're just gonna push lex off of a building oh and it's like yeah. because there's more of a um uh like we've like we've stated the a quickness to the violence um there there's like more time to be uh a bit queasy with it and unlike saw where it's like that's that's the gladiator show it doesn't feed everything to you these unfriended movies um i mean they're not like i'm not saying they're like they're smart or like they but i'm i mean i don't know i I don't even know what i'm saying anymore i guess i just think that they probably don't satisfy audiences just as as much as people would think um i think there is something of a distance to that uh, or distance from the audience to the film I think too, as much as we're talking about violence with the Saw movies, like mm-hmm. I don't think they're very challenging. Like it, it's weird if we're talking about that's like the, moralizing. That's the word. I'm, yes, challenging is <laughs> they're not challenging. I mean, like you want to talk about moralizing? Every fucking Saw is like, look, you killed this person in a car accident, so here's uh, I'm going to tie yeah. you to an engine. <laughs> I don't, it, I don't know if that's really my jigsaw that. or what that was. <laughs> It was great. I liked it. I, I liked it either way. Um, I think it is that straightforward. It is kind of A to B in like, it, it, it does feel like just, this is your sin. So I'm going to kill you in the way that mm-hmm. represents that sin. And it's very much, it's always tied in a nice little bow, each song movie for better or worse or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, so those yeah. are the unfriended movies. So let's Beautiful. get to our favorite scenes. So pick one favorite scene. This is how we're going to do it. One favorite scene from, not from both, sorry. Out of the two movies, your one favorite scene. Should I go first? Do you have yours? Because if so, yes. I will go. Yeah, yes, I, ha- I have. I have mine. I have mine. If you don't have it, yeah, uh, go, go. Because I'm still thinking. I think it's put a finger down from the first one, because that's still a game. <laughs> that's still like. Oh yeah, the the, the never have that, I ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's like that was good. Not a 2014 thing. Um, and and I suppose like it has the advantage of obviously not being an internet device, but still, it's like that's that's like not even dated in the slightest so i i really loved it um uh and and it's like because it it kind of rev, um revived the uh the tension in the uh like how everybody you you have suspicions of of who could be doing what because uh, like we've stated the uh the archetypes are so in place um Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, with the timer going as well, and everybody shouting and the buffering, I think it all just cooks to a simmer really well. So, ooh, that's a great way to put it. Cook <laughs> to a simmer. Um, Michael, do you have yours, or do you want me to go? Yeah, I, I can. I can go. Uh, so I already mentioned the the scene in the first one uh, with the vibrating phone, but instead, I'll mm-hmm. I'll bring out another one that I think is i don't know if the movie if dark web makes totally good on it but i kind of really like the scene where he starts going through the the hidden file because i think the way that it ramps up and he's going down each file and like here's a webcam here's a webcam like and and you know it's like garage it's it's like very random things and it's like oh, we're inside someone's house. We're like, I, I just think the way that that does it and giving you that glimpse is when this is the strongest. As much as I I do kind of like the Cabal stuff, I, again, that's like that thing where, you know, you you put your finger in the pond and you realize it's much deeper than you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I, a tip of the iceberg is the more common <laughs> metaphor, but yeah. Uh, that's the one I, I think. Said. Yeah, I I had funny enough. I had something similar to that, but I think my first instinct was to like basically them starting to figure it all out. Like, like you know, go back to that. What what, what did that say? Okay, um, uh, what was the date there? Then just kind of getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, like when they're discovering the river, and they're all kind of in on it. Like he's not hiding it anymore. They're all talking about it. I think this is before he tries to he tries to um. Blackmail. convince them that it's a game or whatever um oh, yeah. i think that's that stuff's really good um i think so i i guess that's kind of just your scene um my favorite scene then um i kind of have the thing is okay the other one is the with the my my brilliant joke in the beginning of this podcast was the paper I think that was. I think it's so simple. You were inducted so to the hall, of, the hall of Fame comedy for that. Actually. It was the greatest like, bit ever yeah. known to man. Twenty times for um, funny people. hundred laughs. Countdown. Thank you. Thank you. you. Made the top ten. Yeah. Um, I think that's really. I mean, it's so simple. Don't show this. Don't show this. Don't show this. Don't show this. You can't, you can't leave. You can't leave where everyone else dies. And her just, sure. just 
showing it and it being so sudden. And I think, you know, and Adam having the piece of paper with the opposite, Mm -hmm. like don't, yeah. It caught me off guard. Um, I mean, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I think that was just a fun little twist. Um, And I also, but I do like, even though I keep thinking about it, I do like the, like her ratting out Mitch in the, even though he didn't do it, and then her just kind of having to deal with it. I mean, like you said, that ending is pretty kind of powerful. Um, so I actually, that that was not an answer to the question, what's my favorite scene? I don't know. Uh, AJ getting blown away by the SWAT guys. That was pretty cool. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I like these movies. I would watch 10 of them. I hope they make, I, I, I know they're cheap, but I, their marketing budget might not be. So I hope they make way more, but I, I don't know. Um, I, I like if you're doing... Fifty paranormal activities, or I don't know. I, I I can't think of any sequels that really bug me right now. But yeah, like yeah, do more of these. <laughs> I don't I don't even care if they like reinvent the wheel. Just just mm-hmm. do more of these. Just do would like you five want of them on more, or whatever. Would you like more desktop movies or desktop horror movies? Um, I'm fine with more desktop movies. So I was going to me too. Yeah, mention that this at the end but one of the more interesting things i saw this year which i don't i don't think you can see it anymore but it was have either of you heard of uh my first film kind of oh wait yeah is that, that rings a bell thing you sent me uh yeah or is that so something I, else okay no it's um so it yeah okay so it's this filmmaker zia anger who did this thing called my first film and it was an interactive desktop experience so um and you uh interact with it with your phone so you have to literally give your phone number which is fucking weird um but yeah so like you are in this video or excuse me in this like presentation and she's doing this desktop presentation that she does that she does some improv and stuff and i really think it's it's really interesting because she's presently interacting with people like there's a certain kind of meditation at the beginning um that's kind of an icebreaker type thing but then it's her film which is essentially a film about the inability to make a film but like without getting meta it's 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 like an adaptation kind of deal like yeah but it's not like it's not like really um hard to get into or anything like it's sweet and and fun but like yeah i i do think there's a lot of things you can do with a desktop movie i think you need to think carefully about why you're doing a desktop movie sometimes i guess that's that's my real thing and you know like i i do you know again there have been found footage films that i think are good at it and not like you guys had mentioned a couple things that you like, but um, just for listeners, so like Wreck is one that people always talk about as an early one, but then like more recent ones, I thought As Above, So Below in the Paris Catacombs was fun. Uh, Taking of Deborah Logan, which is an extremely distasteful thing about a woman with dementia. <laughs> um, oh boy. Yeah, like uh, The Bay, which is a Barry Levinson movie about uh, aliens and parasites. Are these found footage or desktop? These are all found footage. But I I guess I just see them as 
interrelated and maybe they are they very much are they're i mean maybe the reason i'm saying that is you know maybe dark web is clairvoyant about where this could go next in the sense that like maybe you start showing how fluid that change is like you know the funny thing is as much as i'm like why are they using the camera right now Mm -hmm. always have their camera on people are always live streaming people like if you we all have cell phones yeah yeah if people if you give me even the inkling that this person would normally do that i'll go with it but like yeah so maybe that's what i mean is i i still think there's actually a lot of juice and in found footage which i don't there's gas in the tank and i would also like to see an auteur that doesn't know anything about technology at all to make a <laughs> desktop movie like Yodorowsky's Unfriended <laughs> Pandemic. I don't know. Like, Bellatar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Werner Herzog's. Y- yes. Uh, well, he's, he's done some uh, tech stuff, but it, yeah, it feels a little. Yeah, his family <laughs> romance this year was like oh, yeah. out of touch to me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That I do kind of want to see people. Jean-Luc Godard's. Like, I mean, the, that takes by the language oh, and image book are, are kind of like already essay films. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's... it's like someone that you like, would expect is just completely, like, not engaged. Michael Mann? Yeah. <laughs> well, Black Hat. I mean, yeah. I've, no, I've seen a, a lot point. of people. I've seen a lot of people compare this to Black Hat. Like my, my friend Ryan Swen has a really good argument about about uh about that. He had one. a good cut of Black Hat too. I'm sorry? Oh, he has yeah, a good cut he of did. it. Yes, he yeah. does. Yeah. I don't know how Ryan does everything he does. Uh he speaking of someone who does podcast every one of his podcasts, he does like a year of a festival and they're like each one is five hours. And I have no idea how ryan does a podcast for five hours with the guests that's, that's oh, yeah. too much. and then like here's you over here like cutting intermission down to like tight <laughs> hour 10 yeah yeah yes oh hour 10's too much um <laughs> i just got yeah, no <laughs> no my my uh, I, I guess my final point is like i i don't need movies that all feel as slick as unfriended and unfriended dark web but like i still think I would love people to play with this medium, even if you're saying like, yeah, it sounds really interesting. Someone who knows nothing about technology being forced to make a film right. yeah. about it. Like that, that sounds kind of cool. It's like, there's a, co- that, there's a bullet it's, list of guidelines, like Dogma 95. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, yes. yeah. but the coronavirus, like, I mean, I don't want to, there's so much coronavirus dis- discourse about what, f- where film's going to, but this, de- the desktop yeah. film, is a very viable thing to make in the pandemic. I mean, I, I honestly, out of all, of them, um, I mean, that's how people yeah. are like photographing, like, or people, you know, how, that's how like photography is happening now is that you just zoom it. Uh, where, sure. where position should I be in? Like, so it's, it's, it's definitely going towards that. So maybe they'll make another unfriended <laughs> movie and I'll, and I'll be happy. I could, I could watch 20 of these movies. Um, just do it for a reason. You know, yeah. that's at the end of the day, just do it for a fucking reason don't don't just do it do it for a reason i don't care what your justification is just like i mean everything like michael said just do it to do it for because you want to don't do it because you think it'd be like 
it'd be a great thing to have. Like, and it would be just a weird feeling purposeful. to have movie stars in one of these, because obviously these movies don't have nuts. that. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, Blumhouse doesn't like George Clooney on a Death Tag movie. Like this. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Michael. I don't want that because it it would just feel like George Clooney actually on it like on a Zoom call. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just it would be a weird feeling. I'm not saying I'm pro or anti. It'd be an interesting experiment. Well, 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 uh, well blah, 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 blah. we will watch out for that. Um, <laughs> will we? Because yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem like there is anything to watch out for. Yeah, you're right. The world's done. <laughs> um, Michael Snydell, thank yeah, you so much yeah. for coming. This on. was so much fun. Thank yeah. you for being here. Thank you so much. The door is always open. You can come back anytime you want. Um, you don't even have to tell us. Give us just a like day in call advance. Us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That. That's. I mean, too. really, I, I think we've talked this over. These people can just call us whenever they like. You can hack us if you want to. <laughs> if you want, if you feel inclined, you can maybe you go can. to our stuff. Yeah. Yada, yada yada. Any other any other films that you guys were like, I'm not giving this a chance. Are you? <laughs> or you feel like you need a rewatch or of anything? Oh God, there's. Mm, that's a long list um yeah same for me i'm not trying to absolutely lord over you guys but michael thank you so much for coming on please plug 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 what what do you got going on in your life besides you know oh wait did you guys want me to mention what people should read about unfriended oh Oh, yes that's right that's right that's right oh my gosh this this should be your podcast at this point (laughs) we'll give you a third like hours ago (laughs) (laughs) So I looked okay, up. Okay, yes. Uh, yes. What would you like to give a shout out to? Yeah, yeah. Um, so give me a fucking second. Okay. Um, so Forrest Cardaminas at uh, Mubi wrote something called 21st Century Schizoid Man, which is about unfriended and new tech horror. Um, I thought that was uh, a really interesting piece, and it's kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to describe each of these. That's a good piece. Uh, <laughs> uh, another one I like is uh, on Paste, and it's uh, from my friend uh, Kyle Turner, and it's called Page Not Found, uh, What Searching Gets Wrong About Being Extremely Online. And uh, lastly, um, on Bloody Disgusting, uh, Brendan Morrow wrote a piece called Why Unfriended was a legitimately brilliant piece of horror filmmaking. And all of those, I think, make a really good argument for the value of both of those films. Oh, and one letterbox like essay thing, uh, Sydney Taylor, who has like an incredibly intimidating knowledge of Indian film. Um, Indian and um, yeah, like South Pacific uh, filmmaking in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Sydney Taylor uh, did an unfriended uh, essay um, specifically from the perspective of someone who's 29 and grew up before Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Skype and talked about AOL and LiveJournal and MySpace and made me nostalgic, but it's also a really <laughs> good essay. So, That's um, awesome. Yeah, so you can kind of relate to that one. Y- yeah, because... I'm not even old, but I feel older than a lot of people in this community. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're not old, but you are old. Yeah. Sure. Well, for me, I have um, 
Amy Nicholson's review of this on Variety was, mm. I mean, just like one of the smartest people on this planet. Um, and also Robbie Collins' review for the BBC was was really, really insightful too. So, yeah. Uh, really digging I, deep for this really ha- now. <laughs> I don't really have any. Sorry. That's my bad. I'm unprepared. I'm 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 just not professional enough. I I, I mean, yeah. Well, if you I, find any later, just like send them to me. No, no. I I, I will. Them. Yeah. I to oh to be honest, I I couldn't fall asleep till four a.m. last night because I finished this movie. I finished the second one at one, and I'm one of those people who, if they watch a horror movie that's even remotely scary right before they go to bed, I'll I'll be like, and if it's dark, I'm gonna be thinking about it. I'm a scaredy cat, even though I watch horror films. So it's that's funny. that's my reason. That's my reason. Because uh, I was gonna say yeah. you got on the dark web. So th- this is uh, <laughs> this is a better conclusion. <laughs> I opened a Bitcoin account. I have ten billion dollars in go. there. <laughs> yeah, that w- yeah, it would be weird if I just like started really getting into Bitcoin all of a sudden. <laughs> right. That's that, how you opened every t- episode. That'd be a twist. Yeah, yeah my Bitcoin <laughs> tips. Um. Well, thank you. All Imagine so much if you had listening. like a black hoodie on too. It's like, and I had a. Uh, Guy Fox mask, mask. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. It'll be the yeah. new anonymy. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Oh wait, yeah, plugs. we gotta do Sorry. like this is gonna like th- we'll flow with this later on once we, we will. Intro- Jack, like, introduce or better. Michael. <laughs> yeah, thank you again. Great, yeah, of course. What, um, what do you have to plug? What's going on? When is this coming out? Next week. Week from today. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Give me a sec. Ba, ba, ba. Jack, what do you have to plug? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. No, oh, I'm wait. Sorry. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. What? What? Oh, nothing. Just. Oh. Okay. Yeah, please. Um. So, do, 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 a week from today. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at Snydell. I'm on Letterboxd, where uh, sometimes I write things about Blade Trinity, and sometimes I write things about, uh, you know, the uh, other uh, other films, like um, <laughs> Certain Women. Um, I, you can find me on multiple podcasts these days. I have a Sorry, I'm on the main Film Stage Show podcast um, with uh, some people who have actually been on here. I know Brian Brian Rowan mm-hmm. has been on yes. here before. I'll have to get uh, Bill on sometime too. Uh, yes, absolutely. Our next episode will be Amy Simons's uh, She Dies. She Dies Tomorrow? Yes, I think, she, no, it's She Dies Tomorrow. Yes, uh, will be Amy Simons's She Dies Tomorrow with uh, guest Katie Reif. And uh, the next intermission episode will be Antonio Campos's uh, Christine with guest uh, Cody Corral. Good movie. And so yeah, good movie this decade too. Formative. Yeah, a really interesting film to talk about. And then uh, if you're interested in Christine, I also recommend Rebecca Kate Hall. Christine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Rebecca Hall is oh. wonderful in that one. But yeah, so those are my plugs. Um, uh, yeah. Did, did you plug intermission? Nice. I did not say the words <laughs> intermission. Uh, no, you did. You did. I did. Okay. Yeah. Eyewitness. Wait, okay, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. Um, 
Sorry, I didn't, I didn't. No, no, no. I forgot something. Guys, you can. I'm super professional about this stuff. Oh, uh, we're we're 100% professional here. I mean, <laughs> no one's ever questioned our professionability, uh, which is definitely work. We've certainly never um, questioned ourselves. Yeah, that's no, of course not. Of course no, not. We're, so, we're so self-assured. I mean, yeah. totally, totally, totally. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. That's everything. <laughs> good? Okay. Cool. Perfect. We just want to make sure um, we want to get everyone. Yeah, yeah of course. I appreciate yeah. keeping up with your work, Jack. Where can everyone find you? <laughs> Yeah, um, I can be found on Twitter at Jack A. Draper, and my writing about movies can be found at The Simple Cinephile and Cineflix Daily. What about you? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> everyone can find me at Clayfilm100 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, oh, give us those five um, stars. Oh, what? Uh, next week is The Bling Ring with Lucy May. Very excited. Uh, I have not seen Lucy that. Lucy from Letterbox. You may know her. Yes, that, that's actually her full legal name. Yeah. Lucy from Letterbox. Born in, you know, her, her parents were ahead of the curve, man. They, they already knew that there would be this new New Zealand company coming out with an app. Just on top of it. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us those five stars. We greatly appreciate it. You can leave us a voicemail on Anchor with any question or comment. Please remember to follow the Twitter account of this podcast at ATTPod. Um, we already said what's happening next week so thank you all so much for listening please remember Black Lives Matter defund the police and we'll see you next time <laughs>